this is the Nick Winter Show, and I do the entertaining. Thank you. Let's go out with something really hot for these folks. A big hit out of 77. Ah, Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Don't let them end. Welcome to this week's uh, Boy Howdy podcast. Hey, everybody. It's the Boy Howdy podcast. I'm Annie. I'm Bill. This is the podcast for January something something. What is today's date? I'm going to look at my Lego calendar. 26th. The 26th of 2013. Today is a little different for two reasons. One, we are having audio difficulties, so Bill is recording through his Again, we, we did this thing where we thought like we could replace one of our headphones with a uh, headset mic. Which, for some reason, like, yeah, recording stuff just does, like, it, it, like our sounds... Uh, We're not quite smart enough to figure out. Yeah, our sound inputs <laughs> you know, end up keeping, uh, getting, like, desynced and stuff. So, last week's podcast, I had, <laughs> there were 62 edits to it, where I had to go back and, like, resync our sound, like, uh, our, our separate audio feeds 62 different times. And that is officially times. maybe about 61 edits more effort than yeah. Boy Howdy Podcast. Thank God editors. last week's podcast was only 90 minutes long. Because, like, what? Like, last couple episodes were, like, three hours long. Yeah. I can't, it took me three hours to edit that 90-minute podcast. And if it had been, like, a three-hour podcast, I would still be editing it right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, Very yeah, I, I'm, I'm recording with an inboard mic on my laptop. So, this this episode might sound a little funky, but, hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's the Boy Howdy Podcast. Do you expect quality? Yeah. Yeah, so what's up? How you doing? I'm doing okay. How you doing, Bill? What's up? Do you know that now that we have that on the... Oh, I'm sorry. That leaked out of my butt. (laughs) You know when you're trying to hold it in for a long, long time and it just kind of squelches out? No, Bill. No, I don't. Usually when you're on a Ferris wheel with a cute girl, you're so excited by the view from up on top of the Ferris wheel. True facts. Real talk. Has that ever happened to you? What? Been on a Ferris wheel with a cute girl when you have to fart. Maybe. <laughs> maybe I got boy had a confession order. Maybe I knocked her out of the car on top of the Ferris wheel. She fell to her death, and I don't like to talk about it. But who knows? Yeah. So what? Bill's tragic history with Griselda, his one true love. <laughs> so, she had, well, she had cancer. And she only weighed ninety eight pounds, so she could easily be farted out of a Ferris wheel. Uh, oh man, Bill! This week for the first time ever, I felt old. Why would you do? It finally happened. I'm only twenty. Eight. Your so first I'm knocking human? on 29's door. Yeah. No, I, I found this girl on Tumblr, this artist. I can't even remember her name now, but I was just looking at art on Tumblr, Tumblr randomly, and she came up. She's really enormously talented. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll start following her. Mm-hmm. And then I, she posted about class. And I looked at her about me section, 14 years old. Was she a good artist? She's a really good artist. She was, four, uh, she was one of them 14. savants. Which she's, but she's less than half as old as you that's are. That's the thing. I, my childhood best friend, who had a baby in the, like, what, the eighth grade? Yeah. Her baby is older than this child on Tumblr. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my god. And when you realize there's entire generations, like, running around, like, enti- not just, like, there's older kids. She was learning to walk but, like, when Y2K happened. That's what I'm saying. And like, imagine how that makes me feel. You're being considerably younger than me. Considerably, yeah. You're going through these like five years younger than you. Yeah, face it, you're twenty something. You gotta deal with that shit. I'm gonna be. I'm thirty something. I'm almost thirty something, motherfucker. So you turned twenty nine. What week? Yeah. Yeah. Next Saturday, everybody. Next Saturday is National Anti-Bullying Day. So also, we're gonna next week. We're gonna switch to recording on Thursdays. So probably episode. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So next. This is our last Saturday Boy Howdy podcast. 
Okay, so we'll at least still have a podcast for the weekend. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. the goal. That's the hope and dream, because we know all y'all listen to this shit on the weekend. Oh, God, you, we, we should apologize if we both sound tired, because we, yeah, we just spent two hours test podcasting, trying to test out different audio We're setups for our recording stuff. We're not smart enough stuff. to do this, but we tried really hard. Yeah. It actually, really, it was mostly Annie spending the last two hours trying to figure out an optimal way to record with only one external mic and one headset that doesn't seem to want to co- cooperate. Hey, Annie. Ralph, watch you. Oh, God. At least I only had uh, Honey Nut Cheerios, so it only tastes and smells like Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> Annie's not enough. You're the one eating spaghetti. Why... The, yes, what? I am the person consuming spaghetti. Hey, Annie, God. what else? What else? What else? So what did you do this week? I was busy this week, so I didn't do a lot of stuff I could really chat about. Should we do listener feedback? Because Grumpy Turtle emailed us about video and collector's editions. Should we wait? Because that's not that's more that is we more end of the podcast stuff. stuff. Back end. Yeah, we should. So, think, uh, you think end. after sixty six episodes we'd have that shit figured out by now? But no. <laughs> well, I thought we did until Bill was like, "Well, let's do it now. Let's shake up our Grumpy Turtle. Let's do it." What did you do this week, Bill? Let me think about it. What did you do this week? Baited. <laughs> you saw my tweet this morning. Um, I played a little bit of The Cave. I didn't download the whole game, but I downloaded the demo. Mm-hmm. Man, this week's... Oh, man, I thought... You know, I was convinced this week's podcast would be nothing about video games. Apologize to people who don't care about video games. Yeah. Because all the news for the first half of the week was fucked up crazy video game shit. Um... And then Star Wars happened. I spent most of the week just flipping out about Star of Wars. Of course you did. Yeah, so, uh, well, that's more Geek Week in the news review uh, stuff. What did I do this week? Um, actually, I have to look at my notes. Really, it was really quiet. I spent most of my week working on the poster for the Stumptown Comics Festival, which is the big indie comics festival here in town. And uh, that that poster needs to be done by next weekend, so I'm trying to, uh, I've been trucking trying to get that done. Uh, video game and other stuff-wise, I started playing Nino Cooney. Which Annie doesn't care about. I was surprised Annie's ambivalence at Nino Cooney. Well, genuinely, what it is for me is like I love two D animation. So why do a two why two D and three D? It just belittles both. Yeah, it does look weird because in the game you've got the in game visuals, and then for the cutscenes, the cutscenes are divided between the Studio Ghibli animation, which is you know fully like you know fully painted backgrounds, hand drawn animation cells, and all that stuff, and then uh, between the two you've got cutscenes which are. Um, 3D modeled backgrounds with Studio yeah. Ghibli painted textures modeled onto them, which look really interesting. A lot of a lot of the the environments in this game looks like a uh, Miyazaki movie that you're actually walking around in 3D, which is really interesting. But then, yeah, you've got the cell shaded characters on top, which they don't look bad, but it is really weird when you take someone's like such a distinctive visual style, like the the Studio Ghibli style. And turn it on, like, like you turn it into 3D models that then get flattened down by cell shading. And, you know, everything looks kind of Studio Ghibli-esque, but the characters yeah. still look just a little odd. And there's also a world of difference between the animation for the game. Well, the cutscene animation, obviously, was done by Studio Ghibli. Right. The characters, the models, character model animation is done by Level 5, the video game company. So, mm-hmm. they're like, the, 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 uh... In-game animation is not nearly as nuanced or as interesting as the hand-drawn animation. Of course, because it's just video game animation. It's not going to be as nuanced as hand-drawn yeah. animation. But um, it's a different type of, you know. But it's so it's 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 interesting to see. Like, there's a scene where the main character Oliver he's getting into a uh, his friend builds a little 
uh, rocket car at the beginning mm-hmm. of the game, and he gets into it, and he puts on a helmet, and there's just one moment where he just brushes his hair out of his eyes with his yeah. fingers, and it's such a nice, great little bit of animation. You would never see that in video video game 3D model animation, because like, no, like you'd, you'd have to like create a whole animation motion capture thing for someone like brushing their hair out of their eyes or something like that. But it's like it's the the hand drawn animation is so lush with those kinds of like stock. I mean, that, that's kind of like Studio Ghibli's uh, claim to fame when it comes to animation. Yeah, like, it's like little, little animation. Yeah, little, little, like little character animation. Mm-hmm. And then you lose that with the 3D models, which, I mean, it's not surprising. You knew that was going to happen. But it's just funny to see the jump between the two, between different cutscenes and stuff like that. So it's not yeah. bad. It's just a little, it's a little, that, it just that, shows how. cognitive dissonance to me. Because it's not that, I mean, back in the day, back in the day in the PlayStation 2 era, it was really common, I don't know what voice I was, to, you'd play a JRPG and you'd have, like, 2D cutscenes, like what, it, like Wild Arms and stuff, like a, yeah, you know, that's was Wild Arms the series that I was thinking about? Because Annie was talking about why she's not into Need No Cooney before we started recording. Well, but used to be in JR JRPGs like yeah. like ten years ago. Well, that yeah. was uh, that was kind of my first introduction to story based games, yeah. you know, and uh, before I really well. I mean, because, like, like PC Woo. stuff, but I would play, I, I got, story, I was console like games Story-centric console games? Yeah. Yeah, because I was, like, a more you played the Lucas first. You played all the Lucas I played them well after they were released, though. Yeah, like, I, I torrented know. most of them. Or I would go to Fry's, and I found they had, like, a box set that included, like, all six, like, six different CDs, and I'd always chuck whatever Star Wars games they had in there, yeah. and just keep, like, oh, boy, I gotta dig. Oh, boy, everybody, I'm gonna play this Indiana Jones. In the Fate of Atlantis game, everybody. Yeah. Still had that in my basement somewhere. But yeah, like uh, I, I thought, and also it was that I had friends who were really into JRPGs, mm-hmm. and I couldn't get into anime, but I could get into JRPGs. Well, JRPGs, you can interact with them, and they're yeah. not quite as like they, they don't, they're not always as consistently as kind of fey and weird as anime can be sometimes. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. It just, I think, I think the the disconnect in translation was less dramatic for me in in JRPGs than it was in anime. Yeah. Well, Nino Kuni was also supposedly localized by the one guy who localized a lot of the later uh, Final Fantasy games, like mm-hmm. on the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, I think he was the guy they brought in. Like, I think he started uh, working at Square with. Was it Final Fantasy four or six? I can't remember which. But uh, I guess there was an era of uh, Final Fantasy games where the localization went from being uh, serviceable to like, oh, this is actually like like this is the best version of the game just because the localization is so great. And so this guy is like, if you're gonna have anything localized from Japan as far as mm-hmm. JRPGs, this is the guy to get. And actually, like when you fire up Nino Kuni, he's like the third person credited with the game. Like localization right. produced by blah blah blah. Well, I feel so like he... in games, like the 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 oh, your job is just to uh, communicate intent, whereas yeah. in anime, you're not only supposed to convey intent and everything and like character, like what the character's saying. Mm-hmm. You also have to some degree you're beholden to how much time the character is speaking. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, where it's like you can have. Well, I wonder with a game like this, with a video game. Yeah, at least you, you have the option of maybe going back and reprogramming some of the lip sync, maybe? I don't know. Whereas with animation, you're kind of locked in with whatever is hand-drawn. It's like, you know, of course, like, you know, lips and movement stuff is always baked in. With animation, you still have the code there. Or with the, with the game, you could still technically go back and, and fuss with stuff, depending on your time and budget and stuff. But, but ultimately, yeah, with, with this game, I don't know, there's something about the, the style of the game and everything. It seems to me like a compromise between a Dragon Quest game and a Studio Ghibli film. And Which is really just, what it is, yeah, yeah. I'd rather Which, just do one or the other. If you like both of them, then it's your fucking birthday. But if it's, eh, yeah, eh, I've, I've only played an hour two of the game but I it's, would it's play really a so fully far. 2D game yeah 
RPG without hesitation. Like an adventure game? Like a... Oh, my God. Or, no, just like an old... Like an, a 2D. A fully 2D RPG. Yeah. Be expensive as balls to make, but I'd play it. That'd be fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, that's another game I've been playing this week. I played uh, more of the Rayman... What is the original Rayman platformer? The Rayman the, Origins? Yeah. Yeah. How was that? Uh, on the Xbox. It's Again, speaking fun. of 2D, it's I really lastly animated. See, that, that game is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I could care less about the... The story yeah, of Rayman, people but... who may have an Xbox or actually any console, you can buy this game yeah. u- like used for like well, you could probably buy it new for ten bucks. A game bombed fantastically. Yeah, but it's getting a sequel on the Wii U. It's a uh, Wii U exclusive that's coming out next month called what is it Rayman Legends? Yeah, which has new uh, mechanics like uh, touch screen support yeah. and like musical scenes and stuff. But yeah, no, the original Rayman Origins is one of the best platformers to come out in years. I think uh, Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends are better than uh, the, the 2D Mario games that have come out in yeah. the last couple of years. Yeah. I would say so. I mean, yeah. that, that game was really solid. And Most of these games play. have a lot... The Rayman Origins games have a lot more just like the animation is better. It's all hand-drawn. Yeah. It's more character. Yeah. More characters. You get to choose which characters you want to play as, too, which is fantastic. Yeah. You know, just really, like, really lush. And, and the colors are beautiful. And the yeah. music is fantastic. The out of his goddamn mind. I love that guy. That that game is just... Oh, yeah, I forgot about the music. The music is stunning. Oh. I love that, like... Like, Nintendo uh, pats itself on the back so much for in the new Super Mario games. One of their big breakthroughs is... Uh, the car- like the, the the enemies will dance to the background music, and they like they keep on trumpeting every time there's a new Super Mario Brothers like, their game. They're like, oh, and the animals are interactive. Like the Koopas, they march along with the music, and like they pre- keep on pretending like that's some kind of new breakthrough. Whereas the new Raven Legends games that's coming out next month from Ubisoft has whole scenes where like everyone's singing and dancing to like this yeah. really crazy music, and it's really they make a whole production out of it. Whereas Nintendo, like years on, are still like, yeah, like that that that. Goomba bounces on beat with the music. Like, yeah. isn't that amazing? Like, that's a selling point. Yeah. Whereas, you know, oh, God, yeah. So. But anyway, guys, when the, oh, this, did you hear about the Nino Kuni pre-order kerfuffle? So, what happens? So, I guess there was, uh, uh, was it Namco Bandai is the publisher of Nino Kuni? Um, they opened up pre-orders for this big special edition box set, like, last summer. And uh, the box set is really crazy. It's got, like, a plush uh, version. It's got a little plush doll of the character Drippy, who's your little buddy, your little uh, co-partner who runs around yeah. with you the whole game. He's also the guy who, like, explains stuff in the game to you. Um, and has, like, our cards a coin and stuff. Uh, but the big thing is it comes with a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it's, 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 it's half instruction manual, half mm-hmm. lore book. Mm-hmm. half like monster guide it's almost like a D book mm. uh, it's like a big like 300 300 is it like 300 pages long it's a it's a big fat that book there's a digital version of that which is included in the game you bring up the menu and it tells you just like yeah yeah like i said it's half instruction manual but also tells you like all the different monsters you're fighting yeah. and stuff also tells you about the history of the world because in the game you're learning to become you're this 10 year old boy oliver who's learning to become a magician and it tells mm-hmm. you about the history of magic in this world yeah and, uh, but yeah, like the special edition, it comes with the actual printed book that, you know, and, uh, and, and so everyone was going crazy trying to get their hands on the special edition of the game. I guess it was very limited, uh, pre-orders for the special edition last summer sold out in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but last week, just before a couple days before the game came out, Namco Bandai opened up pre-orders for another small batch of pre-orders. So everyone went crazy and jumped on that, including me. Yeah. 
couple days later, Little when they started know. shipping the game, uh, the company that uh, Namco Bandai had hired to distribute the game, Digital River, this is more Digital River's fault than it is Namco Bandai's, but this company, which uh, handles the storefronts for a whole bunch of other video game companies, I think they do Microsoft storefront, they do Capcoms, they're known for fuck. they will oversell the hell out of product without... For, for like yeah, they'll just be like okay, we're out of stock, but we're gonna keep on selling copies, and later we'll figure out who gets a copy. Well, I bet you what it is is that their inventory system isn't linked to their point of sale system. It's got to be, but the, like the, the, they've been doing this for years though. Yeah. This is the chronic problem. This one company, Digital River. Yeah. If if yeah, if you ever want to buy something directly from a video company and you see that their distribution uh, system is being handled by Digital River, run. Well, so I was one of the people who put down a pre-order for the second round of pre-orders for this this special edition of this Nino Kuni mm-hmm. game. Uh, just last week, and of course my thing wound up being canceled. Well, the weird thing is, it's they didn't just cancel the pre-orders from the people who had ordered the the the, the special editions from the latest batch of pre-orders. Mm-hmm. They also started canceling people's pre-orders from like six months ago. That's not cool. And so what it's what it seems like it happened like they just like maybe uh, it almost seems like they shouldn't have had the second batch to sell in the first place. Yeah. Instead, instead of just like declining everyone's pre-order from the new batch, did you hear? They started like, like canceling other people's pre-orders so, just so they could fulfill some of the new pre-orders. Did you and, hear on top of that uh, about the whole the Play Canada guy on eBay? Yeah. <laughs> so on top of all this, there's this guy on eBay who sold 200 copies of mm-hmm. the special edition, and the reason why is that he pre-ordered before they put a cap on how many you could pre-order. Yeah. So this guy had at least 200. Of this fucking thing. Did he say if he's actually getting all those? He, the implication, he sold them. I don't know. Uh, a lot of eBayers were selling, like, they were selling their pre-orders. But then all these people who had pre-sold all these pre-orders for, like, like four or five hundred dollars mm-hmm. found out that their, their shit was getting canceled, too. So they're suddenly screwed. Yeah. So it was a whole big kerfuffle. Um, everyone, yeah, everyone went on the attack against this Digital River company. The Amco Bandai did come out and uh, promise everyone who had their uh, pre-orders canceled they would at least get a big, uh, free four hundred page hardbound like uh, strategy guide. I thought it's that not was the same solid. thing as the book that you get in the game, which is like. Well, yeah, but that's this is what they have to give. Oh, but the funny thing last night, somebody put up a PDF of that book that comes with the game and yeah. the Nino Kuni, the Wizard's Companion book, yeah. and it's great because like the first page it says. It says, close this book, look at the cover. There's a gem on the cover. If you look at your reflections inside the gem, and if it is upside down, that proves that you have wizard magic and that you become, you, you could become a master sorcerer. Wow. And I was looking at pictures of the book online, and it yeah, it does come with like a little chintzy, like 10 cent, yeah. like little gemstone built in the cover. But it's concave, so if you looked into it, you would yeah. be upside down. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's so cute! It's adorable. And like the illustrations for the book are really gorgeous. I don't yeah. know if they were actually, the illustrations were provided by Studio Ghibli, but like the design of the book is made up of like, oh, it's almost like an old Hogwarts magic book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, man, if you get your hands on that Nino Kuni special edition, you got something really special. It's one of the best yeah. special edition video game packages ever made. Mm-hmm. And But if you didn't, like me, <laughs> uh, you're forced to just, you know, buy normal version of the game. I was teasing Bill before we were recording, so or maybe sad. in one of the umpteen times we were recording and it didn't work out. Yeah. But I teased Bill because Bill got... I can't remember. I was here and I remember this. Bill got Bill would not buy the cave because it got a six point five on Polygon. He was like, "I'll wait till it's on sale." This game is fifteen dollars. Yeah. Meanwhile, Bill is flipping a biscuit because <laughs> of uh, you know Cooney is special one hundred and fifty dollars. That how much was? No, it was one hundred dollars. 
Let's put it this way. Nino Cooney, uh, I, you know, I was surprised how good reviews for Nino Cooney was because everyone thought it might be at least an interesting game, but then again, it's a JRPG. JRPGs are, JRPGs are such out of fashion these days mm-hmm. that like, I don't think anybody was like that super interested in it until the reviews started coming out like last week and the reviewers were like, Almost all of them are like eight or nines. Like mm-hmm. I was really surprised how. Well. I mean, level five. They make good games. They make the Professor Layton games. Mm-hmm. And they made the last couple Dragon Quest games. They make the soccer RPG games, don't they? Oh really? Yeah, I think there's so. there's such a thing as soccer RPGs. I don't think they've been imported to. Oh Jesus Christ! I never America. heard about that. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's not to say that the only reason people want to get the game is suddenly they got it's got good reviews. But the only reason really people have cared about this game has been because of the Studio Ghibli graphics. Which would have been really easy for level five just to crap, like you know, just crap out a really simple, really small game. So really, this game is super long. Yeah. You know, blah blah blah. So it sounds like you're gonna drop, you know, fifty or sixty bucks on this game and at least get your money value too. But the, yeah, the game seemed to be actually pretty good. And it's super cute and heartwarming. It's got a full score by Joe Hisayashi. Who who has done scores for? I think that's how you pronounce the name. Yeah, uh, he's the guy who's done, who's done all the scores for the Studio Ghibli movies too. Ah. So it's got it's got the whole package. So it sounds okay. like a Studio Ghibli movie too. Um, that guy is super crazy. Uh, supposedly, he's a crazy super Japanese nationalist who he is oh, really? convinced that Jap- Japan is. Oh, never- is this that guy? Yeah, he's the he's the guy who's convinced that J- uh, Japan has never committed any kind of war crimes in any of the wars it's ever been involved with, especially uh, in their war with uh, China. It's either like, is it the war right before World War Two? Yeah. Anyway, so he's yeah he's kind of crazy nutcase, but you know it's. Pretty music. Well, you know, you can be a crazy person and still make good art. <laughs> I know. Uh, so, yeah, Nino Cooney, that I'm just like, <sighs> well, the thing is, I spent all week waiting for my special edition to arrive. It never, obviously, never showed up. Poor but then I, I decided, screw it, I could just download it from PSN. I forgot that most games you just download from PSN yeah. day one. PS3, Sony's all um, And so, but. Oh, I managed to fill up my, a hard drive on my PlayStation 3. I downloaded the game, but when I went to install it, there was an error. And I was like, what the hell's going on? And I found out, like, I filled up my hard drive. Yeah. It took me six years to fill up my 80-gig hard drive on a PlayStation 3, which shows you how much I never use that. Yeah. I mean, 80 gigs is not nothing. 80 gigs is a pretty decent amount of space. But considering all the games I've installed on the hard say, drive... yeah. And, like, I've never deleted any demos or anything. Like, I literally never deleted anything from my PlayStation 3 over the course of the last six years. And it mm-hmm. took that long to still fill up just 80 gigs. Which, like, what? I've got, like, a 500-gig hard drive on my place, on my Xbox 360. I've only owned this for, like, six months, and that's already three-quarters full. Yeah, I've had... Just last installed. night, I had to empty my... <laughs> that's what I'm saying! So it's I had like to go... It's dominant piece of hardware that we use. So I had to re-download uh, the uh, uh, Nino Cooney game from PSN. In, in order so it can make it reinstall correctly, I had to go back and uh, delete all the uh, old gaming demos I have mm-hmm. on my uh, PlayStation 3. Which is funny because I forgot, like, I have the original demo for, like, Uncharted. Yeah. I have all the multiplayers for all the other Uncharted games. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's like... It was like... Memories. Yeah, it was... I'm not the last time I turned on this console in 2008. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, so I finally did that. I finally got yeah. It took me a week, but I finally got Nino Cooney working like at like oh, midnight last night. So I've only been able to play an hour or two. So. Well, speaking of special editions and Ouch. Naughty Dog games, there's my transition. Yeah. Uh, the last they announced the Last of Us special edition thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was funny because I was I was right before I saw that I was thinking about how on the podcast we talked about how last week how collector's editions. Mostly. Well, I brought up the, uh, the collector's edition stuff last week because of I had just pre-ordered the Nino Cooney special edition. Yeah. yeah. But they had announced the Last of Us. Thing. <laughs> 
And so The Last of Us had two tiers of you yeah, technically three years. I am. I will give them my money at so my time. They've got the sixty uh, spoilers, man. I feel so again. Again, if you don't like, like video games, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so they have an edition. They have like a special edition that you can get from any retailer, which includes an art book that Dark Horse is putting. I out. I think that's for eighty bucks. Yeah. DLC. It's got a full size art book. That's the best part. It's not just a sample. No, this is not like a. This is not an art book that they just made the marketing made to go out with a special edition. This is an art book that is being done by Dark Horse. I love the fact that that Dark Horse is doing all these art books, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, DLC and PSN skins and soundtrack and stickers and all this. (laughs) So then there's a sticker. Are you serious about stickers? I think you get a Naughty Dog sticker. I just imagine just Ellen Page's face. Ah! Buy my game! Not Ellen Page. Thumbs up! Yeah. I got the picture of of her and just above it says not and below it says Ellen Page. (laughs) Trademark sign next to it. Exactly. No, and then there's the super duper edition which has everything. That's the $150 version, right? Yeah, the $150 version that has everything except the art book. I know it didn't have the art book. And a statue of... For 150 bucks, you should be getting the I, well, art book. No, I, well, what's funny is that you can, since since the art, the art book is a regular release, you can buy it. I think it's MSRP. It's oh, you can only get it from Amazon for 12 bucks. You can get it on Amazon for 26 yeah. You can pre-order it. Yeah. So really, that $150 edition is like a $175 edition. Wait, did I pre-order it? I think I may already, I, I, I think I pre-ordered the middle edition, the $80 yeah. edition. See, yeah, see, what made me really mad, that, though... Like, like, so, like, that statue is essentially costing you $70. Yeah. Yeah, okay. What really makes me mad is that it's only through GameStop. And I stopped oh, giving really? GameStop my money a couple of years ago because uh, I don't like them and their practices. Yeah. I saw one of their employees be treated so badly before my very eyes, I could not give them my money. Can you at least just pre-order it through the, the website? You so you don't have to go into one of the but that's, that's costing GameStop less to do it. I mean, if I'm doing GameStop a favor by ordering it online, I felt dirty, uh, but I did it. I also felt kind of bad because my pre-order on Amazon for Last of Us was like from the day it was announced. So it was like a, a grotesque point of pride. Well, you should like, just upgrade your. Yeah, well, oh, like man. I said, that was a GameStop exclusive. So, goddamn it, I will get this. Game, how does GameStop have the weight to still keep on like, like? Because they're the only games exclusive retailer in the United States. I I keep on overestimating how much things have turned over to digital releases and stuff because I still end up. I keep on thinking that GameStop is on the way down. And I think the long term, GameStop's going to be obsolete. Mm-hmm. Well, you in the next ten years, still but like, that's what, not happening in ten percent. Yeah, income? I keep on. Yeah, my perspective is, is kind of skewed on the situation. Yeah. But yeah. So are you, they, they're just going to mail it to your house? Yeah. Is it going to be like release date delivery? That's the thing. It's right now. It's it's. That's not. the other thing with Amazon. If you have yeah. Amazon Prime, you, oh, did you see the thing where Amazon is also reinst, uh, reinstituting the thing where if you pre-order a game, you get a twenty dollars credit? Oh, are they, they hadn't done that the last couple of years. Yeah. It's only for it's uh, you, when you look at the games, you can kind of kind of understand why because it's uh, it's, uh, it's like Dead Space three. Oh, like Sims. God of War four, whatever the hell it is, Sims. It's 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 games that are pretty popular, but they're not like Halo. Four or Call of Duty, you know, it's 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 not that you know, they're not so worried about giving away so much credit, like Bill, on it's, huge, but huge that's games. not like that's also not like some niche third party. No, but I'm saying it's it's kind of like a B tier games. Yeah. yeah, it's not like like yeah, it's not like the big B November plus. games. Yeah, I'm just saying if it's but a game that your mom that, will buy, that's it's a different kind of. A-tier. Well, that's the other thing. Being such an Amazon. Amazon's bitch these days. You're yeah. giving them less incentive to give you cool incentives back for buying stuff from them yeah. if they already know you, they've already got your The incentive anyway. that Amazon has is that if I order a game, I'll have it at my house when I get home from work. So yeah, you got to double check that GameStop order because well, yeah, if GameStop, that doesn't arrive on the day it comes out, you're it's gonna, one. I you're gonna be crawling thing, out of your skin. I paid ten dollars for one day delivery. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'll get it the day after it comes and out. And still that night you're going to be like, do you think we could just go buy it? We could just buy a, a copy of Game Ed at Fred Meyer, and we could just like keep the special edition on our table sealed as like what is it? a footstand. What does it say though that I'd rather pay game, give GameStop ten dollars to send it to my door the next day than I would go to GameStop on the day it comes out? If I were a woman, I'd never want to walk into a GameStop. Well, Aside I, from just GameStop, GameStop. But I just like... feel bad I, as someone who worked in the retail mines. I can't, I can't, I can't abide by what they do to their employees. It's just not cool. Wait, what do they do to their employees? They I know like, it's a horrible shit. company. But it's like, oh, I'm actually logged into Annie's Amazon account right you now. You log out right now, motherfucker. Oh, you you click that button. And I was going to my wish list. I can give you good wish list stuff suggestions. I don't, Looper. I don't really use my. You don't wish own Looper? No, I don't. Hey, my birthday's coming up, bitches. <laughs> Why do you think I added it to my wish list? I was going to oh, buy it. Oh, Dread 3D. Yeah. I was going to buy it, fantastic. and then it was like, well, I think that's the only thing I've what added. What do you want a watch for? I liked that watch. I don't have a watch. Okay. Bill. Uh, this week, uh, Bill criticizing Andy's wishlist corner. Okay, I'm gonna log you out. <laughs> but yeah, well, I want to see. I want to see what I've got pre-ordered for the next. Because I birthday is next week, and I was like, well, I guess I'll actually put things on my wish list that I kind of want. So if anyone wants to give me anything, I can. That's nice to. Ha- it's 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 nice to be nice to your friends. Because sometimes you can torture friends by like if they'll ask you, "What do you want for your birthday?" I don't know. <laughs> I just want to be direct. Like, tell me what you want. Just, I will buy it. Just I want make it easy for me. Give me twenty five hundred dollars. Like, buy a computer. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing. Whenever anyone asks me what I want to say, is I want to do my best. Is uh, Charlie Brown Christmas impression? Go send cash because I really do. I need to buy a computer and I'm broke. Yeah. I had to pay five hundred dollars to fix my heater. I'm so. And you're about to drop an extra eighty bucks just to buy a a new uh, uh, microphone for us to record with too. Yeah. Send cash. Oh, man. Amazon. I forgot. Oh, my Amazon. I have an Amazon.com wish list, too. I forgot one of my recently added things was, do you know Roosevelt Franklin? He's the black Muppet on oh, Sesame yeah. Street that was only around for like a year before they got rid of him before wait, they realized. Wait, is that from Arrested Development? That's what the inspired Mr. F. No, oh. wait, is it Franklin on... on it's, it's Franklin. There's that? Roosevelt Franklin on this. Okay. That, that, that was the inspiration. Yeah, so they've got it. He's got an album, Franklin from Sesame Street, Roosevelt yeah. Franklin. It's, you can download the MP3s from Amazon and that is on my wish list. <laughs> I'm not suggesting anyone buy that for me, but I'm just so gra- glad that this weird shit from the 70s that no one ever really knows about. Yeah. It's just it's downloadable straight from Amazon. I love this shit. Uh, you know what? I'm stop talking about our Amazon because it sounds a little too self-serving. Did I? Did I, did I, uh, I forgot to mention we have a new advertiser this week. <laughs> it's called Amazon.com. Have you heard this amazing website, Amazon.com? It's kind of a secret. You probably haven't heard of it, but... Can we see the word Amazon? Amazon.com slash oh boy What video games did I play this week? I played. Oh, I played Bully. I, did, did I talk about that last bully. week? Bully. I uh, got a wild hair out of nowhere to play Bully. Bully still has one of the best bully. soundtracks on of any game. Of oh yeah, no, well, it's super like so good. Really? Wait, I think it was this game, Sean Lee. I think they tried to use a track from Bully as our theme song in our first episode, and then you went and did your. Well, work. we started doing. I started doing the thing once you let me start editing the podcast, where like I just drop in whatever music of the week. Billy's um, town. I think his name is Sean Lee. Yeah, Sean Lee. Let's see what else. Because, like, I've never heard... If he's done any other game soundtracks, oh, he's they, like, they were not as distinctive he's, as... He's a musician. Oh, okay. He has a band. Oh, man. He doesn't do soundtracks. Wasn't there some, was he the guy who was like, maybe I might be working on the Billy Yes. Shuffle? 
he he said uh, like a year or two ago he said I was working I'm working on Bleach. Oh, there's this thing called the Sean Lee Ping Pong Orchestra. Yep. That's a great name. It is a good name. But it's weird to me to play Bully though oh. and think he they were working on He has Red three Band. video game credits. The Getaway, Bully, and guess what else? CP's dogs. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it doesn't say what he did for Sleeping Dogs. I think but... maybe he must have done... Oh, I bet you he did a song on the radio station. Or something like that, yeah, exactly. I, I, I vaguely remember seeing Sean Lee and go, aww. But yeah, if you guys haven't played Bully 8, it's a good game. Or at least it was for its time. It's, it's, it's like 10 it's years old now, solid. so maybe it hasn't aged that great. For being 10 years old, there's a thing in it that I hate in video games, Yeah. which is time management. And I don't mean time management as in like you have a limited amount of time and you have to apply it a certain way. Oh, you mean I mean time like progression? I have to beat somewhere at a certain time. I have to manage my own time. Whenever I have a video game and it does that, I'm always like, motherfucker, I can't manage my time very well. That's why I'm playing video games. If I could manage my time well, I'd be doing crunches and doing my laundry right now, but I'm not. How long is that game? Uh, I don't know. I just, I've only played it a couple hours. Is it like GTA length? No. No, You've beaten that before, though. I, I beat it when it came out. Like, it was when I first moved to Portland seven or eight years ago. I've only played it, like, a couple minutes of myself, but I've watched Annie play most of it, and I've seen JoJo play most it's of it. It's a cute too. little game. It's yeah, funny, though, play. because it's, uh... I forgot that it's, it's definitely got the rock star sense of humor to it. Yeah. And, uh, it's... And it was kind of less nuanced to rock star, because it's just a satire. Well, rock stars, like, broaden their horizons a little bit with, like, they Red have. Dead and stuff like that. They've gotten a little more subtle. This is not a subtle game. Yeah. But what's... It, what I forgot about it, what I forgot was the clever conceit of it, was I forgot that Bully is essentially a media bait title. I forgot about that whole aspect. Oh, yeah. People are... It's titled Bully, but in it you're actually fighting bullies and yeah. trying to stop bullying. Well, it doesn't help the main character that you play as kind of looks like a bully because yeah. he's kind of like, he's, a, he's got buzzed hair and he kind of yeah. has a pug face and yeah. yeah. It's it's a clever little game and like little factions. Well, you're also like it's you're cute. jumping between like the jocks and the nerds and the and, like. Well, yeah, each the because it's a fucking Grand Theft Auto game. Fifties? No, it's it's modern day. Then, modern isn't there a greaser click? There is, but it's and it's, the kind of music is kind of like not the nineteen fifties. It's kind of weirdly timeless and Chinese and kind of yes, like you could say that it's almost like Rushmore on crack. Yeah. Yeah. But it's oh man, if they had made a Rushmore game instead of Bully, oh my god! Well, my joke at the time was that I want that would be my best Harry Potter game. Oh my god! Oh, that'd be fantastic. Most of the game would just be uh, 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 Jason Schwartzman and Bill Murray just uh, taking place, just doing revenge on each other. Because it's a Grand Theft Auto game, you do tasks for each faction. But it's not really open world, though, right? No. Yeah. It's very limited. You've got the school, and it's you. you eventually, you unlock the town, but it's a small town. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're not, like, not. stealing anything. You're not, like, stealing cars or anything. No. Well, this you can is still bikes. Bully was uh, Rockstar's first uh, attempt at a game that not, that is not just a complete GTA clone. Yeah. Where they started, like, broadening the horizon. I mean, this opened the door to stuff like Red Dead Redemption yeah. and L.A. Noir yeah. with, the, with them developing and publishing games that just aren't just carjack, carjack, mm-hmm. shoot this guy. Mm-hmm. Here's a titty joke. I forgot that there's, yeah. like, a, a flirt system in the game. Like, you can, if you kiss girls or boys. Yeah, I remember that, that being a big thing. That you get a stat yeah. boost. Oh, bully. It's, it's still a solid <laughs> little game. I'm still enjoying it very you much. You just downloaded it for, what, like, five, ten bucks from Xbox I got Xbox it over Live? Christmas, and I forgot about it. They had a sale. It was, like, five bucks. I yeah. think it's ten bucks on Xbox Live. This is the Xbox port, which is notoriously janky, yeah. but it's an old game. It's going to be janky do? to my eyes anyway. Yeah. So what am I going to do? Haul out my Xbox or my PS2? No, I'm going to get the version where I get Chivos. Did we ever talk about how they stopped manufacturing PS2s? We did. We talked about it last okay. week. In the That's still a big deal. Poor PS2s! That's the end of an era! What's funny is that Holy I've been shit. so busy playing the old game, Bully, that I haven't played very much of the game. 
That's not true. I, I, I How far into the cave? Because like I said, I downloaded the demo. Yeah. How far did you get into it? Well, I got as far as one... Like, I finished one of the your three characters' arcs. Oh, and then I And I realized I missed something. Oh, okay. So I'm going to go back and restart it. Are you upset but, by all the backtracking that's supposedly endemic this game, too? I think it's just part of the game. I don't care. It's interesting because it's 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 kind of like an old old adventure game except there's no inventory you can only yeah. like you you're controlling three the cave so okay uh, uh yeah, we should take a step back so the cave is a game developed by ron gilbert he was the creative lead on it uh he was he gave tim Schafer his first job in games oh is that what happened he was the director of he, he did maniac mansion that was his game well, that like starting up the game i was kind of confused i was like wait well you can choose multiple characters like you can form a party and i was yeah. like oh this is just like maniac Mansion." well apparently yeah. this is a game that ron gilbert has wanted to make since maniac mansion and he's just never been oh, able God. to make Why it. Why isn't this a Maniac Mansion 3? Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So in the game, there are there is this cave, and the cave contains whatever your heart desires. and But it's full of perils and all this. So See, I never starts... got the demo doesn't even tell you that. It's just like, I'm a cave. Well, it's funny. because He like, does. He... That's what the cave says. Were you paying attention or were you talking with Dylan? I was talking with Dylan. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> so there's seven <laughs> characters. having a social so experience playing I'm the game together. Shit. Yeah, I'm giving you shit. So there are seven God seven characters, it. and you can choose any given three, and you navigate the cave, and with each character, they have their own unique portion of the cave that contains their heart's desire. Yeah, but it's a side-scrolling it's a, it's a side adventure game, though. If you can imagine a platformer without anything but really basic jumping, yeah, where it's more like basic inventory puzzle solving. It's really the world's shittiest Prince of Persia clone. <laughs> not, not even remotely. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very cute. The writing is really charming. The music and sound design is really good. And the best feature of it, did you see any of the memories in the game? I don't yeah, know what they call Yeah, I saw them. two of them. The, these, so there's a system in the game that's kind of picked up what they had in both Brutal Legend and Psychonauts. Mm -hmm. But you uh, can find these glowing glyphs on the walls of the caves, and if you go up to them and activate them, then you get to see these moments of each of the characters' past lives that led them to whatever they want to desire. And they're so beautifully rendered. Mm -hmm. like yeah. the drawings that, that's the thing that knocked us out. Yeah. Do you get multiple glyphs, uh, multiple images per person? or is it just one image? Because I found, each, like, the Adventure Girl's image, and it's just her, like, holding a diamond with, like, well, a couple you, of her you, friends. Each glyph is an image. Yeah. That's actually why we need to start from the start again, because my wife and I are playing along together and really having a good time, and I suddenly realized, I thought, just because it's video game logic, that you could only unlock a character's glyph you could only activate a glyph if you were controlling that character. No, the first but one you, I found out, yeah. uh, I was controlling the fat little dumpy scientist lady. Yeah. And I found, like, the adventurer's yeah. glyph the first time. I was like, so I, I missed a glyph because I thought, oh, I don't have the adventure right now, so I can't activate a glyph. Well, it's weird, too, because, like, this game is polygonal, and I assumed because it was polygonal, polygonal just from seeing some of the uh, screen caps, which were not photographed from, like, a side point of view, I assumed mm -hmm. this was going to be, like, a, like most other Double Fine games, where it was going to be a third, uh, third-person kind of like uh, running around open world kind of game. I didn't mm -hmm. realize it was just going to be essentially like th this game could have made, been made 25 years ago. Yeah. It just happens to have political side-scrolling graphics. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, like there's no inventory system. You control three characters. Each one of those characters can only hold one object at yeah. a time. So all the puzzles you uh, you manipulate and interact with can only, like, yeah, you're only... That, that's part of the thing is resource management or item yeah. management because yeah. characters can only hold one thing and sometimes you need to get this item from over here to over here while this character opens up a door. and Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I, was, I, was, I was already flummoxed. The first puzzle in the game, like, yeah. 
not even the first like whatever uh, everything in the demo I was like I don't get it and Dylan's just like watching me play this like Bill you were so fucking stupid <laughs> well see Dylan and I Dylan's not a gamer Dil- but Dylan has played a lot of adventure games yeah Dylan and I both think in adventure game logic whereas I'm just like I just want to go here Why I'm trying to break this why not breaking yeah and my thing is that if you didn't have the back like the the, the solving of item like of prop puzzles with items then that's the whole that's the mechanic of the game yeah see like, i'm trying to like out... dylan was making fun of me because i was trying to think my way around puzzles rather than no, just solving the puzzles, solve the puzzles. And, I, and she was like well you should pick up this and i'm like why should i pick this up? she's like this is probably gonna become more important later because she's yeah. used especially see, long yeah. gilbert adventure games she yeah. understands how the language of how the, these games work meanwhile i'm just like that's stupid that's arbitrary i'm not going to do that i'm going to do this She's like, you're stuck, aren't you? I'm stuck. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus. Okay, yeah. But yeah, what's really cute is that my wife and I have been busy all this week. Like, I've been playing Bully, but like in half-hour bursts every morning before I go to work. Yeah. So we've, we downloaded The Cave whenever it came out on Tuesday or whatever. And we played it for like half an hour, but then we had to stop. And my wife, this morning, we were laying in bed. And we had plans for this evening. And I looked at her and I said, I kind of want to just stay home and watch and play the cave tonight she just looked at me like oh thank god you said that first because that's what i wanted to say but i didn't want to be a wet blanket so tonight i'm gonna play more cave Looks yeah fun. i don't know how long it is i don't know. know if you can just beat it like in a single evening so uh, i think so um, i read i think some of the same reviews you did and the primary criticism of the game was that i only read justin mcelroy's just because he's the one reviewer out there that i kind of trust they're like well there's not only is there backtracking in this game but the cave has there are, however you play it, there are six sections of the cave. Three are variable depending on which characters you choose because they're going to be related to that character. This does sound weird. But then there's three primary portions of the cave that are going to be the same every time. Also, there's only seven characters. So in order to see everything, like, if if there were nine characters, you could do three playthroughs where everything you see is in terms of, like, character-specific portions of the game would be brand new. Mm-hmm. But by virtue of the fact, in order to see everything you have to do in the game, like, the, your last run is going to be... Uh, is going to contain one character that's new and two uh, two characters who you've already beaten their stages to begin with. So, like, most of that last playthrough is going to be shit you've already done anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of, like, badly designed incentive to get you to play the game multiple times. Well, on the other hand, though, I feel like a lot of that criticism comes from people who have played had to play the game three times in a row. Well, that's the other thing. Within the span of a couple of days. Yeah. Because it's like, if it's me and I play the cave once, realistically, I'm not going to sit down and immediately play it again. Yeah. I'm going to be like, no, oh, it's that long-term play value is and nice. And come back in, like, a couple, maybe six months to a year and pick three different characters and do, you yeah. know, and then whatever. Yeah. You know? I'm kind of surprised Justin McElroy actually played through it three times. Because you think you yeah. play through it once with three characters, you're going to get the gist of it. Maybe you're not going to see all the content, but you're going to see almost half of it, you know? But anyway. Yeah, oh, yeah the really game. It's, it's a good double really... playing game. It's Ron Gilbert. It's, it's how can you really go wrong? I feel like there are enough nutrients there that are valuable to me. Uh, so I have a coworker at my workplace who plays video games. Yeah. And I'll talk to him every once in a while and see what he's feeling on things. And I asked him, did he play the cave? And he just blinked at me. Talking to him, I realized he's never played a single Double Fine game at all, ever. And I feel like I failed him, because he's huge on holidays. He loves holidays. Like, Halloween is one of his favorite times of year. I'm like, I've never made you play Costume Quest! I'm a failure as a, as a video game Sherpa. Yeah. It's like it's... I feel bad for also being... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I, like, I also feel bad being kind of video game snob about Double Fine, because... I've never played a Double Fine game that was really, like, I loved from the ground up as being fun just for the gameplay value. With Psychonauts was good back in the day. Double Fine, it's usually, a, it was good, but... Yeah, exactly. And I wish they could have fight. at least one game where you could just wholeheartedly recommend just saying, even if, even if the, like, the funny writing 
and crazy graphic design wasn't here, it would still be fun. See, I feel That's like what, Amnesia like, Fortnite gave us that. Because I think Costume Quest and Stacking both are fun games despite their cuteness. I like the mechanics. Actually, stacking. Yeah, but sta- stacking's more humorous than it is fun to me. And same thing with Costume Quest, where like the, the RPG mechanics in that game aren't really that deep or interesting. But it's funny because you're controlling little kids' Halloween outfits. It's not meant to be a steak dinner. It's like the whole point of those downloadable titles. You can still have, you like can have downloadable titles that are also like, like holy shit, this is amazing. I mean, Minecraft's a downloadable title, and there's nothing to that game, and that game well, is fun as ball. I know. That but... game has no writing and looks like shit. And that game is amazing. Minecraft is also a game that you could spend playing for three hundred hours without thinking whereas my point is is that they're meant to be just little snack games as opposed to being i know know, that's my that was my and that's a game that was ported over to the xbox live so you can't really yeah i i know i know i know this is me just i i I understand your criticism i do but i for me all of the the pluses far outweigh the minus no by the end of this year we should be playing the double fine uh kickstarter adventure game i think didn't they say that it's gotta come out sometime this year I have to, it's video games. The original playing. target was October of last year. Were they going to delay well, it for a year and a half? For... Well, no, they, like, yeah, no, that was never going to happen. But come on, guys. It, it, well, I keep forgetting it's 2013. That's what I'm saying. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's, I think it was almost exactly a year ago they launched that Kickstarter. I think so. So I would imagine, it's got to be out by this fall. Come on. You know? I'm bad. I haven't been watching the, the Player One Productions updates. I don't know where they are in the production. Oh, well, then. Well then, clearly neither of you will. Ah. I'm waiting for the moon, for the game to come out. Like I'm more. Oh no, I'm just giving you. I'm just giving you general. I, like this. This is the problem I had with the um, uh, the Polygon, where they had a documentary about the creation of the Polygon website. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the 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 new review website, or not review, but the new video game journalism website where they had the making of documentaries come out before the thing product was actually out. Mm-hmm. I like experiencing the product and going back and then watching the making oh, sure. of. I stuff rather I know that what uh, Player One Pro- uh, Productions is doing with Double Fine isn't just here's the making of the game, but it's also yeah. just like a peek into the lives of everyone at, at Double Fine and stuff like that. But I know this fall, it, I'm assuming they come out with the fall, mm-hmm. the, the 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 Double Fine adventure game this fall. This fall is like going to be everyone shitting their pants so much about that game. I'm just waiting for the end of the fall. Like I will watch all the uh, Player One stuff be right before on um, the lead up to that. But, like, yeah, I, I'm saving that stuff for a rainy day. I Let's can put understand it that, way. that. Yeah. I can understand It's that. not like I'm going out. Like, I am kind of going out of my way to not watch that because I'm saving that for when that the game is closer to release. Yeah. Let's put it that way. It's yeah. like, what is it? It's like an aperitif afterwards. Yeah. I'm glad they're putting out those videos and stuff, but, yeah. I'm too worried about Nino Cooney and Bioshock Infinite and shit right now. Though. What else, Bill? What else? What why are you worried about to... Bioshock Infinite right now? Man, why should you not be worried about <laughs> Bioshock Infinite? Is that uh, in March? We'll we'll talk about that towards the end of Geek Week Review. Oh, okay. Did oh did you see my post about all the shit that's coming out Easter weekend? Oh, so yeah, so I Easter did, did, weekend did. is last week in in March. Yeah. Uh, last weekend in March, you've got, this is all coming out within seven days of each other, Doctor Who comes out on March 30th, mm-hmm. Mad Men is coming back on TV on April 7th, Game of Thrones comes uh, out on uh, March 31st, mm-hmm. the new Studio Ghibli movie comes out on March 29th, and Bioshock Infinite is coming out that week. Oh, so you've got all these TV shows coming back, you've got a new Studio Ghibli movie uh, in theater, and you got Bioshock Infinite coming out, yeah. all in one week. That's going to be... A two-part podcast. That week. Yeah, it's gonna be fucking bonkers, much. you know. So, uh, what else did I do this week? Did I do anything? Um, oh, this is magical. I'm gonna interrupt you real quick. So, the newest episode of Lady Like Podcast went up last night, which is our first actual discussion of a book, uh, mm-hmm. Battle Scars by Megan O'Brien. And I tweeted today, 
The Lady Like Podcast is a place where I can discuss dog agility training as a metaphor for coming out and read smut. Aww. What's great is that they're all the robots on Twitter, so a dog agility training robot retweeted that. Wait, coming out is like being a dog agility trainer? What? No, 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 no. Dog agility training as a metaphor for coming out. How so? Why, you'll have to listen to Lady Like Podcast yeah, to find out, won't you? Oh, the only, th- uh, like, the only thing I did this week was I watched uh, last... Uh, the Office and 30 Rock were almost over. Mm-hmm. And uh, this week was the la- next to last episode of 30 Rock. Yeah. Man, I di- did you see me flipping out about Liz Lemon's kids on Twitter? I saw you tweet. Liz Lemon kids. Tweet. Oh, my God. Well, the whole thing, next to last episode, uh, Alec Baldwin's character. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Larry. Jack. Jack Donaghy. He's stepping down. No, wait. Oh, he's stepping up. He's, he's gonna, gonna be CEO. He's gonna be CEO of Planet. Like, where the hell the wood company is that uh, owns that cable, place? Cable Town. But he's trying to find someone who's gonna take over the network, NBC Network, take uh-huh. his old job, and yeah. so he decides he's gonna host, have this Willy Wonka contest where he's gonna <laughs> have five random people come in, <laughs> and he's gonna test them to see which one needs to take over. That was hilarious, and it, that's like the theme throughout the whole episode. It's not just one gag, but it keeps like, man, and this is this. He has Kenneth the Page dress up as a guy from CBS <laughs> trying to tempt one of the people that he's interviewing for the, the NBC <laughs> job. He's like Les Moonves. Like, he's, he's just like, was it Snodgrass or whatever? Like in Willy Wonka, he comes to like, the kids like saying, if you give me the secrets to the Everlasting God Shoppers, I'll give you a million dollars. And so Kenneth the Page is just kind of, he's got this like hand-drawn thing on his vest just saying, I am a man from CBS. <laughs> he's like, ah, if you give us if you give us NBC schedule for next year, we'll give you a million dollars. And it's just fucking hilarious. The other thing is, yeah, at the end of the episode, Liz Lemon finally get, gets to adopt kids. Uh-huh. Uh, she's trying to adopt one kid. Uh-huh. Because uh, she already got married to her boyfriend, Chris. Right. So now they're trying to adopt. Uh, but uh, it turns out the adoption agency only has uh, twins available. Okay. One set of twins. And so the episode ends with uh, the twins being flown in from Dallas, Texas, and, 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 and Chris and Liz Lemon are at the airport. Uh-huh. And the kids get off the airplane and it's one ten-year-old boy. He's black. He's acting kind of retarded. And a blonde girl in a shirt that says "Diva," who's like, "Ah, she's observing." And Liz Lemon sees them, and she says, "She just says, yeah, that's about right." That's the end of the episode. <laughs> The best joke ever on the show. <laughs> it's even better to see a little ten-year-old boy trying to act like Jersey Jordan because he's, he's got like this fish. He's like, I think these fish are trying to kill me. Or something like that. It's just. <laughs> this week is the last episode. It's a two. two it's a. It's an hour-long episode. But man, yeah, no. It's, the show's going out on top. It's amazing. If you saw the Willy Wonka stuff too, you, oh it was God. it was tits. Oh and also God. the Office. The Office was winding down. Yeah, they had this whole thing where um, who are the characters on the Office? Larry Jim, and Tim, Pam, Jim and Pam. Dwight. No, Jim and Pam. Yeah. Jim and Pam have their first big fight over the phone because Jim's like, do you know what's going on with Jim? No, I'm. Well, I'm, he's got his like secondary jobs off of the Office. He's now. only working part time for the Office, and he's okay. he's trying. He's like he's become the co-founder of this like athletic company in like mm-hmm. Philadelphia, and so he's traveling to Philadelphia and, and to Scranton back and forth, mm-hmm. and uh, he ends up missing. The, what like I guess if they got kid kids now, okay. and their kid has like some kind of dance recital, and he misses it. 
and uh, Jim and Pam have this big fight over the phone. It's like the first big fight they've ever had on the show. Yeah. There's this totally sad part where, like, Pam back in the office, she starts crying and she hangs up on on on. Jim. On Jim, and she's just super... It's not funny. It's it's a yeah. really sad fight. And she hangs up on Jim, and she's just crying. And suddenly, like, you hear someone off camera say, yo, we gotta shut this down. And yeah. it turns out, like, you actually get to see the film crew for, for the first really? time. And, like, and, and Brian, the sound guy, comes yeah. in from... He, like, he drops his mic down. Yeah. And he's, like, he goes over and gives her a big hug. And so, like, it just cuts the black bats into that that episode. But it's great to see, like... Yeah! Yeah, like, the actual, like, film crew getting oh, involved okay. and trying to support Pam. Now, like, yeah. That's the episode cute. itself wasn't that amazing, but it's nice to see the actual... The show's ending, so I guess they're going to make the documentary yeah. crew, like, more of a thing now. But that was yeah. great. If you're going to, like, have that... That's going to be the don't, first time... Even if that's a nice way to do that. Yeah, if that's the yeah. first time they're going to get involved, that's nice. You know, they're stepping in to help Pam a little bit, that's which is super so that was cute but yeah no Liz Lemon's kids <laughs> that's what I did this week oh, I uh, had oh. a friend over we were gonna hang out and watch Desk Set which is one of my favorite movies of all time with Catherine Hepburn and um, Spencer Tracy and about librarians during the dawn of the computer age and how a computer's gonna take wait when does that movie take place 1953 uh, I thought it was older than that that was just it may be older than that I'm totally riffing no but anyway, she came over and said we just watched like eight episodes of Bob's Burgers and drank cheap beer. <laughs> That's oh, a good night. So that is fun. that is completely fitting too, because Bob's Burgers is a cheap beer TV show. It took show. me a long time to drink the Kool Aid of Bob's Burgers because it's because like, it's not like immediately like ha ha funny. But well, yeah, once you watch a couple episodes and you kind of like get on its vibe, or like, it reminds me of The Simpsons in that. Beyond no, obvious. That's what a lot of people have been saying. But yeah. in that, it's just kind of, it's like a more subtle episode of The Simpsons, but ultimately it is about this family that, despite whatever else, they do care deeply about each other. Yeah, which The Simpsons have gotten away from, like, they have, decades now. But yeah. still, it's like Simpsons at its best. Yeah. Because it does ultimately have a caramel heart at the center. Tina is one of my favorite fictional characters of all time. Tina being their sexually curious, like, little teenage girl. <laughs> she loves butts, too. <laughs> she loves butts. Well, it's exactly that confused, budding sexuality. Oh, God, we watched the most recent Tina. episode a couple days ago, and there's something about how she's going to become, like, she, she talks about how she's going to start inspecting people's butts that are sitting at the counter <laughs> or something like that. Oh, my God, it's just funny to see a 12-year-old girl who just wants to fuck so bad. It's kind of horrifying. But that's kind of a... She, she it's wants, not sleazy. Yes. She and just she, wants to experiment. Yeah, and she, but she genuinely thinks it's like touching butts. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't understand sex. No, yeah, she's like, she I just want to, I want to rub butts with. Who's the guy? She, she, she's got a total crush oh, on. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Pasto, Jimmy Junior. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh. There's an, like she, she has like I watched an episode recently where she watched a zombie sh movie and it scared her but now it's gotten in her dreams she basically has erotic dreams about <laughs> zombies and there, someone, one, of her one of her siblings were teasing her she said I don't love zombies what did she say she's my man she's like this guy and like not even trying to pretend to be a girl either, I don't but, yeah. love zombies I just have confused emotions about them and like their swagger <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, Bob's Burgers, man. That's Bob's Burgers. Seen... And it actually has, for being a really limited character design, they have some really nuanced animation sometimes. Yeah. Just, it's a really charming show. Well, it's also cool, too, because I guess they re most of the episodes are recorded together as a group. Yeah. You and so sometimes they'll talk over each other. And, like, you yeah. could, like, someone will say something stupid, and another character will laugh, like, for real. Yes. And, like, that'll that that become part of the. Especially yeah. the dad. Sometimes, like, that'll be saying something, and the kids will say something stupid, because it's a yeah. bunch of comedians trying to, like, take the piss out of each other. Yeah. And sometimes he'll be just like, no, what are you. No. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. Yeah, I wonder yeah. sometimes how much of 
even as improvised. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, there's yeah, a great episode where Bob gets stuck in the wall of the house, and he decides to stay because it's <laughs> he gets to stay away from his in-laws. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, his one of his daughters brings her friends from school, and she's like, "Oh, well, my dad is dead, and he's haunting the house." <laughs> and he's like, "This is my my dad, the ghost." And and the John H. Benjamin who voices Bob just starts laughing. <laughs> It was the best. It made it all work. See, I've never watched that much Archer, so this show must be a little bit weirder. Like, like you having been an Archer fan. Yeah, I love Archer, where John H. Benjamin does the voice of that too. But that show is a lot more structured. Yeah, where Bob Burgers is kind of like a, just a big blob of Bob Burgers just riffing. Now you, now you can see why I'm excited about how Archer is supposed to show up. I watched the preview. It's on iTunes. Oh, it's out there. Episode of Archer in the first episode of Archer this season. He is undercover as Bob at Bob's Burgers. For like two seconds. For like, two yeah, seconds. yeah. The preview on iTunes is pretty much the extent of that sequence. Oh, well, I have to check that out. You can yeah. see all of those characters, but drawn in the style of Archer. Jesus Christ. Kind of I'd love to see uh, Bob's wife. Yeah. I, she did not show up. You hear her, but she does not show oh, up. Oh, that's at a least shame. In a clip. I'm sure she does on the show. Oh, God. Of course, we've grazed over the most important piece of information this week, which is that. Yesterday, I can't believe this is not what the whole podcast is about this week. Hustle and Gretel Witch Hunters came out. <laughs> uh, are you gonna, so you're not going to see it this weekend either? You're going to wait till Maybe, last week? Maybe, probably. I don't know. If that movie takes, it's going to be We were going to go see it last night, and oh, I had to work on Ladylike, so I did it. But yeah, it, the only reason why I'm interested in this movie is that, for whatever reason, I've seen Jenna Arterton and things before, and she has... Like, I liked... I thought she was it's good. It's about her being... Angry in leather pants yeah. that just it's that scrambled your brains. Yeah. My wife, my wife, she was just talking to you in the car the other day. She's like, what is it about Jim Arterton in this terrible <laughs> Hansel and Gretel movie that makes you aggressively sexual? This is just your thing. thing. You just want to touch buttons to get out of it. Exactly. Well, it was so funny because she's like, I don't get it. Because you don't say things like, I find her attractive or... Like, I would like to make out with her. You say things like, I want to rub my dick on her hair. <laughs> it's just like, she's like, it's kind of great and kind of a I just she's know that so. Annie wants to fuck a bong girl like a dog in the jungle. You know what? I th- <laughs> Why is the dog in the jungle? Why does being in the jungle yes. make the dog more chaotically charged? The dog is the lo- dog from Lost. <laughs> and you okay, just stop it right there. <laughs> stop it right there. I don't know. I Give think it just happened to be on flight 8112. I think this fi- may finally be, how long did it take me in my life? I think this may finally be my be or fuck moment. Your what? I never what? had one. Be or fuck. We want to be or fuck someone at the same time. Oh, wow. I think this may be this it. This blew my mind. People t- like, you know, have you ever heard people say that? It's like, I don't no, know. I've never heard that phrase before. I don't know if I... Well, be no. Fuck? Well, I don't marry, no, no. fuck, kill. But no, it's like, no, I'm. I, that was my minimization of it. It was like, I don't know if I want to be well, them. Guys don't probably don't have that much thing them. as much. Like, no one... Like, Well, unless it's like, who's who's Jiggles? Josie Gordon-Lovett. Some guys are kind of like, Well, usually it's not, it's not necessarily about your orientation. It's always this person... Oh! Yeah. is really attractive or whatever and compelling. And yeah, some guys are like that with Tom Hardy. Be them or make out with them. Do I want to be Daniel Craig? <laughs> you want to touch butts with him? He <laughs> twice. He is very. You got to make out with Vashti uh, 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 Narada. What's, tra- what's her character's name in, in Casino Royale? Not Vashti Narada. Vesper Lind. I was about to say. Ah uh, man, I do you want to be your fuck? <laughs> no, Daniel see Craig. with Rachel Weiss. With Rachel Weiss, I want to be her. Be a clone of Rachel Weiss and make out with Rachel. <laughs> so it's too. Which would you rather be? Be Rachel Weiss and have sex with Gamma Arden, or be Gamma Arden and have sex with Rachel Weiss? 
Or the just watch both of them make out Emma with each Arjun other. And have sex with Tom Hardy. That's the answer to that question. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? And then you get murdered and you get dipped in oil. <laughs> All right, everybody. And oil. And it, that's fitting because he's going to play Mad Max. So maybe you're post-apocalyptic. That get, uh, I'm trying to mix James Bill, Bond. And... With that, I think we got to take a break. And we're going to do the Geek Week in review. We'll be back. No, something. We forgot something eventually. Okay, we're back. Hey, everybody. I hiccuped and burped. And then vomited a little. She's got some trickling out of the corner of her mouth. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. Bill, I think this is too sexual an image. I think we need to turn it down a little bit. Time for the Geek Week in Review. Yeah, it's Star Wars. Hey, everybody, Star Wars. Star Wars. Uh, so the big new, uh, uh, news of the week is that uh, Drew Struzan, the poster artist from the original trilogy, is coming back to do Star Wars posters <laughs> for the new trilogy. That's, we that's still don't know who's directing it. <laughs> It's very secretive. All I know is that Twitter broke its butt making every single lens flare joke oh, you could Jesus. this week. You know what? They were all hilarious. Nerds pride themselves hard. on being so intelligent and creative, yeah. but they fell down with these J.J. Abrams jokes, whereas yeah. either A, J.J. stands for Jar Jar, or B, lens flare, lens flare, ha ha ha, lens yeah. flare. Which kind of speaks to how much of an impact J.J. Abrams movies have and that the only thing anyone can remember from them is lens flare. Well, is are, is that endemic in any of his movies except for Star Trek? It's, it's for the Star Trek Mostly movie, it's yeah. amazing that the guy who made a Star Trek movie is making a Star Wars movie. I oh, I, I still think J.J. Abrams was probably a good idea for a, a, a Star Wars director, but yeah, yeah. it is that this is the one crappy part and that yeah. you've got one guy in control of the two biggest science fiction like entertainment franchises. The one tweet that I actually did think was funny, which was like, this is not going to make it easier for my mom to differ between Star Wars and Star Trek. Yeah. Well, so it's it's it's. I'm assuming he's not gonna like he just he just, he's putting the final touches. Man, this must be weird for JD Ames right now because yeah. he's putting the fin- uh, finishing touches on essentially Star Trek Two mm-hmm. while also we're starting work on S- Star Wars Seven. Yeah. Fuck that guy. I know. Fuck that guy. He's probably dating Andrew Ken- Ken- Anna Kendrick and Gemma Arterton. Uh, during the break, we actually sat down and watched some uh, Gemma Arterton and Anna Kendrick videos. Yes. So yeah, they're on the top of our mind. Because we're that as any. So you know, do you care about the JJ Abrams bullshit at all? I think he's a good choice. Yeah, he uh, he's only directed th- what three movies? Two Star Trek movies and the Mission Impossible movie. Mm-hmm. Oh no, Super Eight, which is not very good. I have not seen Super. It's there, it's, he, it's it's worth watching. It's well not, directed. Did he not direct Cloverfield, or did he just present? He produced that. Yeah, okay. it, it was one of those things where it's J.J. Abrams presents dot dot dot. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not. I think it'll be. I think it's not a bad choice. I think it's better than Zack Schneider. I mean, because at least J.J. Abrams, for all the bullshit he does a story, he does care about story and character, you know? And he's always admitted he was a Star Wars kid. This will be interesting, though, because what, what, I mean... Well, it's interesting people are judging him, too, on the quality of Lost, even though he really didn't have much to do with Lost. No, he did, like, the pilot. And he, I think, like, he did the pilot, and he produced it, and I think he was still kind of, like, vaguely associated with it, but, like, like... He was know. not the driver of Lost. Yeah, that was that's ultimately that was Mr. Lindelof and what's yeah. his name, Larry the Cable Guy, whoever the other guy Carlton was. Carlton Coos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this is. I'm more curious to see what happens to uh, Star Trek now because without yeah. without JJ Abrams behind that, that's kind of a rudderless franchise now. I'm yeah. sure he's still going to produce the next one, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's still going to look like J.J. Abrams movie and stuff, unless they get like somebody like really crazy say, like Bill, Alphonse. Here Cuaron. you go. Here's the less. Here's the question that no one was asking. Everyone was asking who you have to direct a Star Wars film. 
Who would you have direct a Star Trek film? Uh, direct, uh, my, in a perfect world, what would happen was would he would get someone who had worked on Star Trek in the past but was never allowed to do whatever they wanted to do with the franchise. You get mm-hmm. somebody like Manny Cotto, who's the guy who, uh, when Star Trek Enterprise... You don't care about Star Trek. But uh, Star Trek Enterprise was the last Star Trek TV show. Oh, that canceled halfway through its run. Uh, but the funny thing is, the first uh, couple seasons of Star Trek Enterprise are terrible. But then they brought in this guy, Manny Cotto, who was a huge fan of the original series. And st- he started making uh, that's turning that series into a real prequel series to the mm-hmm. original Star Trek show. Like, adding, like started threading a lot of elements uh, of, of stories and alien stuff that became uh, a big thing on the original Star Trek series. And so it would be interesting if you brought him... I don't know... If he's a good director, but at least you're mm-hmm. in terms of f- finding someone to write and maybe like be the creative mm-hmm. director of this, like the next Star Trek film, he wouldn't be a bad guy. Ronald D. Moore, the start, uh, the, the the Battlestar Galactica guy, mm-hmm. he'd be great because um, he's a great writer. He's not doing anything right now. Yeah, um, he, he he's one of the biggest of even the people who are working on Star Trek at the height of Star Trek the Next Generation and Deep Space 9. He even uh by the crew standards was a huge Star Trek nerd. Yeah. Like he outnerd the people who were working on Star Trek where he yeah. would be the guy like, "Okay, we have to have a joke about Saurian Brandy here. We need to have a joke about the Gorn here. We need to make yeah. this reference to this planet that was referenced for 2 seconds in episode 65 of the original series." Yeah. And it's it, he's shown that he's a good writer. He knows what he's doing about it. Maybe about he's director. not a I know, but director. I don't know. Well, the, the only reason I even bring up who should be uh, creatively in charge of like the writing and stuff would be the next one would be the ultimate. The ultimate goal with Star Trek would be to get a new series. Yeah. And uh, because Star Trek movies, yeah, that's just not really supposed to be a movie. It's, no. a, it's a Star Trek is a TV franchise. And so, assuming that there's one more Star Trek movie left in the J.J. Abrams universe. What you do is you find someone who can somehow dovetail the next movie into a, a new series. series. Yeah. And even if it's not about, maybe even if the new TV series has nothing to do with the movie, you get the same creative team that can kind of dovetail things kind of thematically or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, just use that momentum from this last movie and, mm-hmm. and, and push that towards a TV show. But yeah, in terms of directing the last start, I don't know. I mean, pretty much anyone, and bringing it Brad, anyone who you've who's been recommended for directing Star Wars could direct mm-hmm. Star Trek. Which is interesting because the I feel like the sensibilities of Star Wars and Star Trek are so different. They're different, but Star Trek really doesn't need Star Trek is more on the writing yeah. rather than the directing. Yeah, anyone who can direct a movie can pretty much direct a decent Star Trek yeah. movie. It's more about who's like the creative choices behind the camera when it comes to writing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Leonard Nimoy directed half the Star Trek movies. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy, he's yeah. a he's a competent director, but you're not going. Oh man, what if Leonard Nimoy directed Apocalypse <laughs> Now? Yeah, exactly. So, the, 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 unless the director is calling the shots in terms of the writing and stuff, like, I gotcha. maybe maybe director isn't the term you want to think about. Who should be the creator? Who the creator who gets who, uh, put in charge of Star Trek next? That's more of an interesting topic. Like somebody who can not well, just stick around. Group is, is the creative director, not the director. Yeah, somebody who's not just uh, just directing a movie, but who can stick around with the franchise for a while and help help revive it. But mm-hmm. even outside of that, like. I'm trying to think of who somebody, if you're not going to get Manny Cotto or Ronald D. Moore to, like, if you're going to put them in charge of Star Trek, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll think about this You this have week. two answers. You don't have to come up with three. That's yeah, fine. No. But now, yeah, J.J. Abrams uh, directing Star Wars. I mean, everyone was upset with him. This is great, because everyone was upset with him for uh, trying to turn Star Trek into Star Wars. And now yeah. that he's directing Star Wars, everyone's just like, well, fuck him then. So he yeah. got to, in the last five years, he got to make a E.T. movie with Steven Spielberg. He got to make a Star Trek movie, now he's getting to make a Star Wars movie. 
So fuck that guy, basically. I mean, on one hand, yeah, you could say it's so terrible that one person is in control of all these different franchises He's and things like. At the same time, from a fanboy point of view, you do want to punch him in the face. Exactly. <laughs> like fuck this you. Is a human being to be He's got everything. But he seems to be like a real sweet guy. The funny thing, the the reason why I thought this was legit. When the room, like it was, it was funny because it, the, it was just a rumor for the first two days until they yeah. officially put out. They put out a press release on Friday night saying, "Yeah, yeah this is actually confirmed." He's, yeah. but only directing episode seven. They haven't said anything about the other two movies, mm, so he may just be doing one movie. Hmm. And so people are saying, "Well, maybe Brad Bird does direct or uh, the next one, or like Joss Whedon comes into Star Wars eight once he's done with the next Avengers movie." Yeah. Um, but um, so I have worked. Uh, I've done freelance work for J.J. Uh, Abrams' production company, Bad Robot, before. And so I was talking with Leslie Levings, a friend of the podcast, mm. uh, Leslie Levings. Uh, I sent her an email right when the, when the news first broke. I was like, oh, this may be a little presumptuous, but if you guys need a guy to play Jabba the Hutt <laughs> in a new Star Wars movie. And she emailed me back. She's like, no one here knows if this is legit or not. But everyone around here is acting like it's true. So yeah. I'm assuming that maybe you're not jumping the gun here. And then, like, news finally broke, and she said everyone was, like, celebrating and parading and, like, yeah. having a good time. And I was like, oh, man, that actually sounds like it's legit. Yeah. And she says that, like, actually no one, be- before the rumors started coming out on, was it, like, Wednesday or whatever, mm-hmm. no one within Bad Robot even knew that J.J. Like, Abrams was, was even, seriously talking. Yeah. He said, uh, she said it was pretty much... Uh, just J.J. Abrams, his producer guy, yeah, and one other guy at Bad Robot. There's there's really only three people in the whole studio who even knew anything. Well, I imagine that's where shit has to be super cloaked in secrecy. Well, exactly. Star Otherwise, Wars. it gets out. Yeah. Also, J.J. Abrams is big on holding his cards to his chest. Yeah, like that's his shtick. And so like, it was funny even talking to yeah to somebody from Bad Robot going, I think it's true. <laughs> but yeah, so um, anyway, way to out your Bad Robot source there. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Bad, she... bad robot scoops. No, yeah, bad she... robot scoops. Yeah. Well, it's out now. It's official. And she she wasn't like I, I approached her and she was like, I guess maybe it's true. People are celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like she confirmed anything. But yeah. Uh, Leslie Levings a sweetheart. Everyone I've worked with at Bad Robot is great. Yeah. Uh, for the ten seconds that supposedly JJ saw my stuff, they said he loved my work. Yeah. I did for them. The guy who's making Star Wars <laughs> knows Bill. my work. Bill, that's like ah! one separation, Bill. Well, yeah, so, yeah. I, 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 I joked with Leslie that uh, if she would just send me uh, J.J. Abrams' home address, I will I will snail mail him all the lightsaber design drawings I did when I was seven, and he can choose from any of them that he there wants. There you go. That's very generous. Oh, um, yeah. So Is there anything else you want to say about Star Wars? Star Wars. Star Wars. Uh, so I guess this means uh, his his score guy, Michael G. Kino, will probably be doing the music. This yeah. is the other thing. They're like, no matter what this is, it's going to be a Star Wars movie that does not open with 20th Century Fox fanfare. Yeah. It's a movie without John Williams music. Well, I have all the John Williams themes and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, John Williams is yeah. not dead, but he's old enough. I'm sure he just wants to go home. I and hadn't rest. considered that. Just this, the music so, segueing into the Star Wars music. So even by then, it's already kind of a fake Star Wars movie. How can you the best Star Wars the movie Disney ever? Disney theme into a Star Wars theme. Yeah, I hope they do something special so it's not just CGI Disney Castle. Well, the other thing, well, you'll still get the Lucasfilm logo at the beginning because yeah. it's the movie still being produced by Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm got bought by Disney, yeah. but they said Lucasfilm they kept almost in all of their staff, mm-hmm. and it's still being produced like like a lot of, like like they're gonna have the Lucasfilm art department stuff. This yeah. one because like J.J. Abrams has his own production company. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's gonna be a co-production between Lucasfilm and Bad Robot. Yeah, or if he's just going to go AWOL from Bad Robot for the next two or three years and just work mm-hmm. with Lucasfilm. I don't know what how that how because you know. Like, I don't know if he's suddenly going to get Lucasfilm artist guys to work on this movie rather than bringing over 
I'm assuming all the aliens in this movie are going to look like the Cloverfield team. Bill, clearly, um, he's going to describe both departments and call you personally. Yes! Thank God! <laughs> I need all that. I need to write the music. <laughs> I'm going to say the thing for Jessica. I don't know where I'm going there now. <laughs> no, me and Ian Kendrick are going to sing a cappella the score for Star Wars Episode Boom. 7. You're set. Everybody, oh, the Pentagon boy. finally cleared women for combat duty in the U.S. military. Oh, but I'm, that seemed kind of cool. It's interesting. Well, it's interesting. It's not I turned, nerdy, but I turned to my coworkers because in my office I work with all women. There are twelve of us in this corner of our building. Are you guys, are you guys synced yet? <laughs> Jesus Christ! And I turned to them and I said, "Hey, you know, they just." Because the thing is, is that there have been, this has been a point of contention for years. There have been women in combat situations for a while. You can yeah. be a combat medic, you can be like, but it's always these secondary supportive positions. So it's not like women weren't in the line of fire. So that whole argument was kind of hollow. Yeah. So the, this is, there are 180,000 positions within the armed forces that were restricted from women for this, that, and the other. Yeah. And those positions are now open unless the the departments, like the departments can petition to close some of those positions again. Yeah. But now it's kind of a season. So I turned to my coworkers, I said, hey, women can serve. And one of them just kind of took up her headphones and went, yay? Are we excited? <laughs> I know, welcome to equality. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the question she did ask is like, does this mean that if we ever have a draft again, is it going to be a uh, Why not? Why yeah. not? I mean, really, at like, why point, not at that yeah. point? Yeah. So, ladies, congratulations. Right. You've just fucked yourself. Bill's note here on the, the. It's no longer get in the kitchen, make me a sandwich. It's get in the ammo box, get me a handgun. I don't know. That's not a joke. <laughs> that's, just, that's just here's utterance. Bill's, here's Bill's other attempt at a joke. <laughs> uh, in the Geeky Review notes, he said, rat-a-tat-tat, I got my fashionable ladies hat. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a rhyme for that. Like, yeah, well. Yeah, women in the military. This just means that... Uh, We're, you can die on the battlefield legally. Yeah. All right. Just don't but, be gay while you do it. They can be gay. They repel the best hotel. You can be gay. A gay lesbian on the battle line. So you'd be fisting your your friend. Stop. What? Stop. Good Lesbians right don't there. fist. But they have smaller hands. You're gonna get fisted by anyone. You want Nintendo to be Wii U Direct. What is going on with Wii U Direct, Bill? Uh, Nintendo announced um, uh, on the heels of the Wii U not selling very well. They just put mm -hmm. out a um, uh, just a little press conference thing. Uh, they announced a uh, HD re remake of The Wind Waker for uh -huh. Wii U, which looks real. Did you see the the uh, the? There's no footage of it, but did you see the screenshots? No. Uh, they took out the cell shading. On Wind Waker. Yeah. Isn't that kind of the point? That's kind of the point. I mean, like the textures, like on the background stuff is all the same. It's kind of cartoony, but the characters, yeah, it's it's they're now they're, like it's still the same model where it's like. Link looks like Stewie from Family Guy, uh. except he's in green pajamas. But instead of like the yeah, instead of the flat uh, cell shading, he's now like not realistically textured, but he's got like rim lighting, casting real shadows uh. and stuff. And it looks weird. It looks yeah. more like a Rankin Bass cartoon, like like stop motion thing. But like the yeah, like the environments are still like cartoonishly textured. And there's kind of like this Instagram-y looking bloom lighting all over everything, too, where it's like everything's kind of like blown out realistic looking. They've changed the skies now. So like the clouds, instead of being po big, poofy, white cartoon clouds, they're now like super realistic, almost like photo photo textures now. And it's kind of like a half one foot in cartoony world and one world one step 
in this realistic. This seems to be like the most cynical response to the Nintendo needs to cater to the hardcore market. Yeah. Possible. Yeah, well, like, we're going to come out with one of the, like, most beloved Zelda games, but we're going to try to make it not look realistic, but we're going to try to make it look bad. I mean, who knows? I'm curious to see what it looks like in motion. Yeah. But, like, it's weird that, like, they huh. would replace... I remember reading an interview somewhere that the whole, like, like a bit, giant chunk of Wind Waker's aesthetic came from one of the artists messing around with the idea of, of doing cloud and smoke effects that were kind of just swirly JPEGs. Yeah. That, you know, that that's one of the defining looks of Wind Waker is yeah. when you, like, somebody, when a, when a creature dies, you fall down into a, a cloud of purple smoke, and it's, like, big curly Q, almost yeah. like, 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 Arabic scribbles, like, mm-hmm. calligraphy, kind of like mm-hmm. scribbles, and... Which they also match that, so the clouds kind of kind of like big white and poofy like that, mm-hmm. like like there's like the, those shapes get echoed all throughout the Wind Waker in all of its effects and stuff. But if like if they're gonna make all those effects things look more realistic, so you have kind of cartoony characters that are being rendered rendered realistically with realistic, no longer cartoony smoke or fire mm-hmm. or water effects. It's just like I'm really curious to see if that looks good or if it looks terrible. Yeah. Cause... It's just weird to jettison a, a, a key artistic decision. Yeah, the, the fact. Yeah, the Wind Waker. I want. I don't know. I wonder if they really took all the criticisms of Wind Waker being cell shaded to heart. Was there a criticism of it being? Oh, cell-shaded? when when Wind Waker was first announced, people lost their fucking shit because they were assuming that the that the first GameCube Zelda game would be like photorealistic looking. Oh. But when okay. they announced that it was going to be like this big cartoony looking thing, like people lost their minds. Mm-hmm. And the Wind Waker didn't sell that well, but nothing on the GameCube sold that well because the GameCube yeah. didn't sell that well. So I'm wondering if they're mm-hmm. going back where it's like. Hey, well, they also announced that they do. They are working on a new Zelda game too. It built up, you know, brand new game for the Wii U. But that's probably two or three years down the line, and so right. they need like again. It seems like they're only doing this because to I'm sure. Back. I'm sure this this game was in production before uh, Wii U sales were apparent that they weren't very well. I'm sure this has been in in, yeah, in, in the pipeline for a while. To, yeah. But this seems kind of be like I think they they they've known for a while that it was going to take a long time to get a new Zelda game out for this system. So they decided we need to have something out there that says Zelda on it. Yeah. Just to you know, just to sell consoles. And so this is an interesting stopgap. But this is also this is going to be one of Nintendo's first big games that take place that that, that takes advantage of the fact that we use a, a HD console. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if like this this desire to try to make everything look as photorealistic as possible is kind of born of, like, Nintendo, like, I, I said something about this on Twitter, about how, like, the first thing uh, someone does when they open up Photoshop, they start putting lens flare on everything. I wonder if yeah. this is kind of Nintendo's equivalent of that, like, oh, it's HD, so we can just put HD textures on everything, and, like, yeah. realistic lighting, even if it doesn't actually match the aesthetics we originally designed for this game. Yeah, it seems to be kind of antithetical to the way Disney's, or not Disney, Nintendo has approached everything. Yeah, so I, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll be playing the game hopefully by the end of the year. We, we are judging like this based off a couple of screen caps. Cap. Yeah, but so. the screen caps do look, especially the characters, the characters look really odd. Especially because, like I said, they're keeping the cartoony design, mm-hmm. but yeah. They're so. just up the models and stripping the cell shape. Uh, so that, that, was one, that was actually just one part of the conference. They announced... Uh, uh, virtual console is finally coming out to the uh, Wii U. That this is something that everyone expected would be out at launch, but is is coming late. Um, oh, that's right! Like you can download Balloon. Was it Balloon Fight? Mm-hmm. Right now. Oh, there's this. I forgot. This this year is the 30th anniversary of the Famicom, the first Nintendo system oh, yeah. being released in Japan. And so, uh, in order to get people playing virtual console games uh, every month for the next six months, they're releasing one game for th- for thirty cents. Mm-hmm. This month it was Balloon Fight. I think next month is like Super Metroid. Mm-hmm. So like it's not all bullshit games. A couple of yeah. bullshit games, but like thirty uh, Super Metroid for thirty cents. That's yeah. that's a fucking steal. Uh, but it's weird because um, 
like there's a, some kind of kerfuffle because I guess the versions of the game, uh, at least the version of Balloon Fight they released, which you can download right now to the virtual uh, console on the Wii U, um, is like the European version, so it looks kind of blurry on American TVs. Mm. Because everyone assumed, like, it, this being an HD console, like, you'd be able to, like, see, like, like super, like, defined, pic- like, pixels and yeah. stuff like that. And it's a little blurry. But at least you can play on the gamepad. Yeah. And you can, like, map the controls. And they also announced that, like, if, like, you can transfer all of your, well, so, at least some of your games that you've already bought for the Wii Virtual Console over to the Wii U Virtual Console. Oh, I know that was a big criticism. But you'll have to spend, like, a dollar for each one. To bring it over, which is weird. Oh, it's like the whole rock band thing, where it's like you can download as long as you post yeah, it up. Yeah, so that's that. That kind of sucks, but there is a little more functionality in that. Like the, mm. when you jump out of a game on virtual console on the Wii U, it automatically creates a restore point. You don't have to mm. do anything, which is kind of nice. And also, you can remap all the buttons on the controller, which they didn't have that on the original Wii. And that seems to be kind of the justification for you being charged a buck per game. Well, to bring it's it not over. like it's they didn't put any effort into. Yeah, so these games are being kind of like not reprogrammed, from a but like standpoint, I get it. Even as from a, a, a consumer standpoint it's bullshit yeah although i don't know how they're going to keep track of what games you've bought because there's no account system for the old Wii. so i don't know how they're going to be able to tell exactly what it is that you've bought hmm. so they can give you that discount maybe you have to put the games from the wii on an sd card or something you read the SD Probably, card. you have to mail it to nintendo <laughs> and they'll figure that out for you <laughs> Um, there's that, uh, Nintendo announced that they are working on new 3D Mario game, a new Mario Kart, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they mentioned the new Zelda game, uh, they said, uh, I think Mario Kart Smash Brothers and just plain Mario will be, uh, they'll be at E3, but I don't think you'll be able to play any of them, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like any of those are coming out until next year. Yeah. So, really, the only thing they announced for anything that's coming out this year is, is the Wind Waker, mm. uh, remake. Uh, they announced that they were working on a new Zelda, which they said that they were changing it so it's no longer going to be single player exclusively, which no mm. one knows if that means it's going to be like couch co-op, co-op or something or, like that, or yeah. online functionality. Like what was the game stop, GameCube game? Was it a Final Fantasy game, like Crystal Chronicles or whatever? Oh, yeah, like, like what you could play with. But that's a game that has a party system yeah. in it. Zelda is all about Samano, like, singular exploration. I wonder if it's going to be kind of a Skyrim with, like, two players kind of thing. Or if it's just going to be, like... Or wasn't there like a, a DS game about with four links? It's entirely possible. They're just let, like the like. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Nintendo's idea of multiplayer for a Zelda game is that you essentially have someone else control like Navi, the yeah. fairy, on screen with like yeah. a Wii mode, and that's it. It's it's not really multiplayer. It's just essentially like girlfriend mode or whatever the hell they call yeah. it when like or like you could have your little kid play. They could play Zelda with you because they get highlight yeah. items on the screen. With or the they Wii can mode use a touchpad on or the, something yeah. like that. Um... And, oh, yeah, also, like, the dungeons will not necessarily be so linear anymore. Like, mm. you could be able to, like, conquer dungeons in different orders. Which you could do in the first Zelda game. And <laughs> never again? Yeah, they, they, yeah. after the first Zelda game, they started making the game, the Zelda game super linear, so... I don't they're know. putting Miiverse on smartphones? Yeah, that's the other weird announcement, is Nintendo... Uh, n- n- Nintendo pre- Presence... Official Nintendo Presence, presumably on the Apple Store. Wow. So, eventually, yeah. It's a crazy new world we're in, my Which, friend. if Nintendo ever does say, fuck it, we're just making games for smartphones and stuff, this is the first step towards that. Mm-hmm. It was just a little, even if it's just like a tiny little baby step. But, yeah. yeah, this is the first time I've ever seen Nintendo do anything that's outside of their controlled yeah. environment, so. And sharing the proceeds with Apple. Yeah, and the fact that they're going to be giving someone, anyone else, like, just yeah. a fucking dime of anything they're doing on any platform. Yeah. Yeah, that that must be they must be gritting their fucking teeth like crazy just even doing this. But so yeah, that that that's that's all the news from this the Nintendo Direct. Blah, Specs blah, blah. for the PS4 dev kits were supposedly leaked. 
Big news is that the controllers will essentially be DualShock controllers with touch screens built in, and that gamer profiles will be linked to the individual controllers, allowing multiple profiles to be logged on at the same time. Which is, that's, the multiple profiles logged in at the same time, you can do that with the Xbox 360. Yeah. But that's just because you're telling the the, the console, like, okay, I am this player. Mm-hmm. But, like, this this sounds like, like, this is still just a rumor. This is not, like, specific news. But, yeah, um, I do like the idea, like, of having profile saved to a controller. Yeah. That then... Everyone always says this kind of stuff. You can always take it to a friend's house and you have yeah. your profile built down there. No one ever seems to do that. No but that's kind of, yeah. like, that's why the GameCube had a handle supposedly on the back. You could take your friend's house and play Aww. GameCube. No one ever did that. But yeah, I just love all these features for video game consoles that are always like, oh, you take your thing to a friend's house. <laughs> I was gonna say this bit since like like when you with your Game Boy, and you, I have my transfer cable. This shit would have been great in 1988, but not yeah now it's not not so helpful. But yeah, just the rumor that uh, I love yeah, the the rumor it's just a Dual Shock, but with a touchscreen built in. At that point, it's not just a Dual Shock anymore. Maybe I wonder if they're making it sound like it really is just gonna be a Wii U gamepad, except you know it's just gonna be instead of Nintendo's shitty like analog sticks, it's gonna be the. It's weird. There's PlayStation like this illusion, shitty analog So there's an illusion of accessibility with the touchscreen. Yeah, just because it's popular on iPhones. See, it, it, See like, that's the thing. But it's a big difference between my iPhone, which is all touch control, and a Wii U controller, which has the analog sticks, the D-pad, the buttons, if, and a touch If screen. this is true, it's weird to think these uh, video game console manufacturers being swindled into thinking, oh, smartphones are popular. We'll just take it's some of that so functionality. It's so expensive. And, and that's the thing. It costs them so much money to do. Yeah. Like, it's not cheap technology. However, that's Sony all over, throwing but money at hardware to solve Touchscreen stuff is only because you don't want buttons and stuff. Like, it makes it simple yeah. to, for that portable device you keep in your pocket to use. But it's not necessarily, like, what you want to use on a home console. I mean, it's not bad. Well, like, some trying... of the functionality with the Wii U isn't terrible. But at the same yeah. time, it's not, like, it's obviously not popular enough to make the Wii U a very popular system right now. Yeah. It's still about the software. It's not, you can do whatever you want with the controller. You still have to make good games for the system. But the thing is, like, from a corporate, like, from a marketing standpoint, it's like, oh, well, you know, my wife may not understand the controller I, know, I yeah. handle, But if I hand her something with the touchscreen, then she can get it. It's that whole idea of that casual gamer and getting, opening your brand to new people. People. Just by taking one arbitrary thing yeah, and slapping it on like, your product no and saying, well, now we're going to capture that whole audience yeah. just because we put this one thing on us. Exactly. It yeah, doesn't product. actually grok. Like, I like my little Vita. It's fine. I've lost it now for a month and I don't care. <laughs> but, like, the touchscreens do not make it, do not give me anything. Annie, I'm just saying, if you buy this video game console for the same price you buy a new iPod Touch, <laughs> it's got a touchscreen. But, hey, games, they're not $0.99. Cents. They're $60. Also... This is too big, you can't put it in pocket. What well, doesn't matter because you can't take it out of the room. <laughs> but it's the same thing as your iPhone. It's going to capture the imaginations of casual gamers everywhere. Yeah, yeah. no, that's just not. You no. have to have something new and different. But I mean, that's not to say touchscreen stuff can't be used well, but don't, yeah, don't think that's like you could just add that and that's going to be all you need to do. And then suddenly, oh my God. Oh, it's just because Nintendo decided, like, oh, our new console is going to just be stupid motion controls yeah. everyone just assumes all yeah all you need is a gimmick slap it on a console yeah. well i mean the alternative uh, is it's something to sell because like with the xbox 720 realistically for you and me what we want is better processing power yeah and that is the least sexy thing to complain convey to a consumer market people won't understand like oh i should buy this because it makes things look prettier my television they will understand oh well with my connect like and this and this oh and i can touch things oh that's different than what it, was before it is interesting that microsoft seems to be microsoft still seems to be a pretty much 
given up on going after casual gamers outside of Kinect stuff. It seems like Microsoft has this interesting thing where the Xbox is pretty much divided between Kinect stuff and hardcore game stuff with just the actual console itself, mm-hmm. which I, I assume that Microsoft was going to make the next Xbox more of a desktop entertainment. I thought, if anything, it was going to be more like an Apple TV that just happens to play, like, games. My counter-argument is that they've but, done that right now, they just aren't necessarily marketing it that way. But no, everything I keep on hearing about the next generation of Xbox, it really mm-hmm. is. It's going to be, I don't know how much more powerful than the uh, the Xbox 360 it's going to be, but it sounds like it's going to be a pretty decently beefy system enough to make us hardcore gamers happy. Maybe not people who are used to playing games on PCs where well, that yeah. shit's always... A console is never going to be a PC. But like, if you're just a console gamer exclusively, supposedly this is, like, it's going to be a step up, like a mm-hmm. tangible step up. But Again, they're just they're they're like Microsoft's method of catering to the casual market is just here's more Connect stuff. Like they might yeah. have an upgraded Connect, but that's it. They're not they're not worried about turning the Xbox into something like your grandma's going to play. No. Uh, aside from the fact that it might have a built-in Connect, but like that, which is kind of smart because at, le- at least this way you're not confusing the message. You say here's this hardcore gaming thing that also has this thing that game- the casual gamers can use, but not pretending that your grandma's going to want to play Gears of War. But when you boot up the Xbox, like what do you see? I see you see um, I see whatever game I'm playing. Yeah. I see a big ad sometimes for a game. Well, that's a different thing too. A but yeah, like they like they're trying to push me to Internet Explorer. Well, that's uh, that's already a media music. device at that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they're they I think they're going to want to try and continue to expand. And they already are like that's their conviction of we're gonna be this all in one device. Yeah. So all you'll need in your living room is an Xbox. But it seems like they're trying to make an all in one device more for gamers. I thought they would try to make an Xbox just an all in one device for people. See, I feel like gamers it are too like smart to. Oh, yeah, it's an assumption, but like gamers are too smart. Like if I want to, if I, realistically, if I'm gonna browse the internet. I'm not going to use it on my Xbox. I'm going to go to my computer or whatever if I'm yeah. looking up GameFAQs or something like that. It's like I'm only using it if I'm showing someone a website or, you know, it's like I'm, I'm using this app because I want to watch clips or something. It's like it doesn't seem to be necessarily. I don't know who the market is, to be honest with you. I really don't. When I look at all this and how buried it is, like there's so much on the Xbox and I don't even fucking know what's there half the time. Well, that's the thing. It like. Much, and I'm not even talking about games. Like just how things are organized on Xbox in terms of just like the dashboard and stuff is such a fiasco. They they need to redesign that for the next Xbox, it's regardless. Crazy. But oh, like they've they've put so much money into Surface. This is it, my friends. Titty balls. Crazy. Anyway, well, that's the thing. Like Microsoft already has its Metro. touchscreen stuff with the Surface. Metro is what I meant. That's the Ugh. name of this design scheme. Anyway, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about something cheerier. The death of THQ. Poor THQ with tits up this garbage week. truck being driven off the Empire State Building. Bless them. That's God what bless that, this week sounded like. It is so weird. Here, this is something. This is maybe like the last time we see something like this happened to a company. THQ was pretty much single-handedly put it, under. It was drawn and quartered. This is the by... end. This is the end of Braveheart. But like with the company, yeah. But no, THQ was pretty much single-handedly destroyed by an ex- a peripheral. Yeah. Like they're the you draw thing. That's why they tried to they tried to invest in Dildonics and it didn't work out. <laughs> they people were telling them no one wants to have a controller that you have to sit on. So they had this whole you draw thing, which was a touch like a, not quite. It's like a drawing tablet. You it was plug into your. It was trying to be the Wii U tablet for the Wii before. Oh, that was for all consoles, yeah, right? Yeah, it wasn't I think. just. But I think they were really investing towards the Wii casual market with this thing. Yeah. And when the Wii market fell out, I just love that the the, the market for the Wii completely collapsed the moment they brought the U-Draw to market. Yeah. They're like, oh, shit. So they come out with this device called U-Draw. It's essentially a drawing tablet 
in a game and it does so badly that they had and they over they overestimated its appeal so greatly yeah they said i put them in a downward spiral yeah they, like they've said they still have millions of those things are sitting in warehouses and they've come out like in interviews with joystick saying well we'll find a use for these someday somehow yeah. I don't know what do you do with because it's it's tablets for a lot of these are for the Wii too and that's yeah. what system name no one's gonna buy anything for that like you can't even yep. give that away right now yeah that's gonna be a whole that's that's a couple million we you uh, draw tablets are just gonna end up in a garbage dump right next to the ET cartridges from thirty years ago yeah um but like yeah I mean they really like I mean THQ was already kind of spiraling it was not anyway doing great but like but it wasn't doing you draw was tablet death. was yeah. the shot in in its bird's wing that sent yeah. it crashing to the ground so poor Jason Rubin comes in. And he what, sw- what did Jason Rubin do before? He was a Naughty Duck. Oh, really? Yeah. Was he like the the studio head? Uh, he was one of them. He was Ugh. a founder. And wow. Uh, yeah. He, well, it sounds like he did his best. I mean, they he put tried out- real hard. They tried real hard to make that deal with that one investor go through. Yeah. That would have kept the company going until the next game. And came out. The, the company had put out good games. Will always work. Like you know, yeah, they put I out mean, Dark like, Siders and, and and he made Saints some Row. tough decisions because he was like, you know what, it's the Saints Row Four DLC, the, or Three DLC, it needs to be Saints Row Four. We need to have something on the shelves. Yeah. Game. No, 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 no. The opposite. He he said we can't rush these titles to market because they will not do what we need them to do. We need to delay almost all of our titles six months because they need to be better games because we're not going to make any money with bad games, which is a fucking ballsy ass move. I'm sad it didn't the, pay off. The company didn't even survive that six months. No, it didn't. No. And it's like Jesus Christ. So everything got. Yeah. So this is one of those moments where. This is the perils of a publicly traded company because if it, you know, in, in a different situation, he could, probably could have pulled off the whole, well, we've got this investment firm and they're going to keep us Yeah, if it was a private out. company, he could have probably kept everyone sat, like, just, just on, like, guys, just trust me. For the last yeah. six months, get some product out the door. And get some his shareholders money coming were in. like, uh uh-uh, uh, burn the hand, motherfucker. Yeah, Fuck we're them done, in the we're bush. out. Yeah. I don't care how many of them bushes. Well, this is also like because this is also the reason why the company is being torn apart and sold in pieces because the investors can get more money. Oh, yeah. money they're lost More money, money back now. Yeah, by selling off individual pieces. Yeah. It's like if you have the Nino Cooney special edition, <laughs> instead of selling the whole thing on eBay for four hundred bucks, you sell like the book for four hundred bucks. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh it went as follows. Volition, the creators of Saints Row, got bought by Deep Silver. Never heard of this company before. The company that I think it's actually Deep Silver is technically owned uh, it is bought by what is it called? Coach Media, K O C H, I don't know. Koch, 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 Koch or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, they, they, they also own Deep, Deep Silver, Silver and Koch Media are synonymous yeah, essentially. Which yeah. uh, uh uh, which made Dead Island. That's pretty much and I was looking up. I was looking up Deep Silver's website. It's Dead Island, and really, just all the worst. Well, ever, yeah. all the games you see, like in the in 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 the in the, in the dollar bin, right next to the uh, checkout aisle at Best Buy or at fucking yeah. at your grocery store. I think they that, did, like let's that, imagine those, babies. Oh, it really, I would I be, it, it's those kind of games where yeah. it's like Mr. Tits Wild Ride and like. <laughs> Turtle time. Oh. And just, yeah, fucking here's the Honey Boo Boo DS game. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of shit. Uh, Deep Silver also bought the rights to Metro. So Metro is almost done. Like, it's A lot out. of these gums. Yeah, I'm so curious about this shit, because, like, we'll get to South Park. South Isn't Park Metro comes out in, like, March, doesn't Not it? Anymore. March or April? Not anymore. Well, it's like, Did you yeah. see South Park guys are suing? Yes. So those are the things. To keep the game from coming out? So Ubisoft bought the rights to um, the South Park game... Yeah, so South Park Digital sued THQ and tried to stop the sale because basically they had no say in the sale and they were due. They were due like however many. Well, I guess part of the contract uh, the South Park Studio had with uh, THQ was that if for some reason THQ could not publish the game, 
the rights to the game would revert back to uh, South, Park. South Park, and they could they could go find their own publisher. Yeah. Essentially, they're saying you don't have the right to sell off the rights to these games. The mm-hmm. rights to these games are ours. Then, like you're you're going under. We we're taking we're taking our ball and going home. Yeah. And so yeah, so this is a lawsuit. So this game may not come out for a while, even though it's poor supposed Oblivion. to be supposedly mostly done. I feel so bad for poor Oblivion. This is supposed <sighs> no. to be that one moment where, like, no, you know what? This is gonna be slam. At least this gives no them extra time to polish. The, the, this is one thing they can't say is like, oh, we didn't have time to finish it because this game it may not be matter, out until Bill, next year. If they're not getting paid. Yeah. Well, this is the other thing. I guess they, uh, the South Park Studio, invested enough money in yeah. the game, games development too, like because they didn't recoup the cost. We're like, you owe us money too. So we're yeah. gonna, like that. Double reason why we're taking the rights yeah. of the game back. Ubisoft also bought, um, how do you say his name? Patrice, Patrice Desilets. Yeah. The studio, uh, Montreal. This poor son of a bitch. So this guy left Ubisoft to work at THQ. To work on this. This is it. This is why he left Ubisoft and now he got bought back. Well, his studio got got sold to Ubisoft. I'm assuming he's going with them to, who knows if he'll stay. But maybe maybe I'll stay until this game is done. Well, it's the thing. It's like the question is like of these studios. Like, whatever he's what working on is going to get branded. Assa- they're not going to try to get him to fix Assassin's Creed. They're no, just going to take whatever he's working on and call it Assassin's Creed. What is Creed. it? Sixteen sixty six is now about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That. Oh man, he's he's the Jeff Green of uh of of the video game industry. So no one bought Vigil, which is the studio that made Dark Siders, and so that studio that is fucking weird because everyone loved the first Dark Siders. Well, maybe not so much is, the sequel. The thing is, is that the um. They're working on new IP, yeah, untested IP. So no one wanted was it Dark Siders? Was that going to be an MMO? You're confusing it with Kingdom Hearts Amalur. Yeah, it was never going to be an MMO. I thought Dark Siders another one of those games where it was going to be an MMO, and they're like, oh, maybe we'll just make a single player. But yeah, and everyone seemed to love at least that first. Uh, it seemed like a talented team for as much as people loved that shit. Yeah. And I know Dark Siders was supposed to be the first game in a series too. So yeah. you think as a franchise possibility? I mean, it sounds like. Everyone just assumed Vigil's going to be destroyed because no one bought them. I guess there's still a chance somebody can come up to THQ and say, hey, we'll give you five bucks for this team. Yeah, but meanwhile, At this specific auction, no one even bid on on Vigil, which that's kind of damn. I think the the memo went out for everyone to pack up their bags and go home. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's getting kind of moving. Well, I I really feel shitty for all these people. All these people. It's been a weird couple of years for gaming, you know? It's almost like gaming is undergoing this huge overhaul. Oh, it's weird. Um, Well, the other, man, do you remember the game Homefront that came out like yeah. last year? Oh yeah, Homefront that was a game got... where you're supposed to be shooting Chinese. Oh, it's Chinese invading uh, North Koreans, I and they changed they it to na- North Koreans, yeah. just like the Red Dawn movie. Yeah, because well, it got bought by Crytek, which is great because they're working on the game. See how much they paid for Homefront? Wasn't it like five hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, which yeah. for a video game franchise? Yeah. Well, did you? So there was another developer that was making some sort of game called Evolve, like yeah. Turtle Rock Studios or whatever, and they. Put in a bid for their own game for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Did it get accepted? Someone else came in with a bid of, for ten point two million dollars. Oh, like, that sucks, boss. The one bit of news that I'm surprised we didn't hear about um, was that Double Fine didn't buy the rights to Costume Quest or. Um, they're done with that stuff. Stacking. Well, no, I but I mean, stacking and they publish stacking too. Yeah, I thought so, but I mean, they didn't. I'm surprised they didn't swoop in and get digital distribution rights or whatever. I mean, I think that whatever money they could have bid on that. St- I wonder if there's a, like a, like a bid threshold you had to cross. Like Maybe. you couldn't just like. $100. Yeah, I don't think we could have bid. I don't think bidding for Yeah, I don't think we could have bid on Vigil. Let's put it yeah. that way. We, we would still need some serious money. It sucks. Um, I, I, really, my heart goes out to all these people. How much money does Double Fine have? 
I don't know. I mean, be, it would be in, they they work a lot with angel investors or whatever. Yeah. It wouldn't be Double Fine buying it. It would be what's his name from Dra- Dra- Draco Gen buying it and, g- and giving it to them. Yeah, like Double Fine has a Kickstarter just to buy the rights to. <laughs> yeah. to and and, and other tragic news: Atari is bankrupt again. I, I, this happens once every four years. This is, of course, Atari is but a shell of what it once was. Yeah, the, the Atari, thing. as anyone remembers it from back in the early '80s, has, has ceased to exist since the early '80s. When Atari fell apart after the video game crash of 1983, essentially the company was almost like THQ was sold off into pieces. Yeah. And so, like, Atari as a single entity has not really existed since then. Um, this is. I guess, like, uh, what, I guess what we know as of as Atari got sold to the French, which that company became Infogrames, yeah. the world's worst fucking name <laughs> for anything in the history of the world. And so I guess this is the U.S. branch of yeah. Atari going bankrupt, um, which all is the, actually the part of the company which does hold the licenses to, like, Battlezone and, mm-hmm. like, Asteroids and, mm-hmm. like, the, all those classic uh, uh, Atari games. And this is kind of the bummer thing again because um, they're going bankrupt and said like it looks like they can't find a buyer who's going to buy all those fran- the rights to all those franchises wholesale. So they're going to have to sell off the rights to all their classic game franchises, which is the only reason anyone ever cares about Atari. Yeah, this is Atari in a back alley. It can't even like. It can- oh my god! Metaphor? Do I? It can't, no. it can't even like it can't even hold itself out to one yeah. person. It's like hey, you can have my pooter. I'll have sex with your mouth. This guy over, this other guy over here, and maybe you can fit two, two, two this dicks. This is the worst metaphor. Stop it! Stop it right now. It's Atari, 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 everybody. Atari. But the, but the in other news, 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 in other news. In other news, Marvel producer Kevin Feige confirmed that Ant Man and Doctor Strange movies will be part of the third wave of Marvel movies. The second wave being all the Avengers related. And I'm just we can buy the rest of Avengers. You love Yar's Revenge. Ant-Man, is it still going to be Edgar Wright's Ant-Man movie? Is Yar not one of your favorite seminal video game characters? <laughs> so angry. I think that's going to be the next Quentin Tarantino movie, Yar's Revenge. <laughs> yeah, because he's done revenge epics about women, blacks, and Yar's. <laughs> is Yar a pilot? I don't know what's going on here. What are we talking about? You want to talk about Marvel movies now? I like Doctor Strange. Do you have read any Doctor Strange comics? I have read Doctor Strange in as much as he shows up in the Ultimate Universe. I like Doctor Strange because I like Doctor Orpheus from Venture Brothers. And he's <laughs> and he's a real He seemed to be kind of like Doctor Strange. Yeah. I would More pay less-ish. cash money to see a Doctor Orpheus movie. I want Edgar Wright to make his Ant-Man movie. I thought, wasn't he supposed to be filming a test? Like last summer, right before you know, he started he, filming? He was tweeting last night about how he couldn't be at Sundance because he's editing. He's editing. Oh, he must have been talking about the world. He's probably editing the world. Yeah. But I thought he, they were saying he was going to at least film like something, like some kind of test footage or something for Ant-Man last fall. Mm. Well, and it sounds like he may, like that might be the, like, the next project he starts work on after uh, uh, the world's end. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the hell Ant Man is. Is it a guy who just shrinks down? Yeah, I think that's my familiarity. I'm I sure. love how Marvel. Oh, and I think, but I think he has like the strength of ten men. I love like that Marvel has mined all their popular characters, the X Men <laughs> and the Avengers. And now, when it comes down to the third wave, it's like, okay, guy who shrinks. <laughs> okay, I guess he gets a movie. Also, so the question is, gay okay. magician. <laughs> I guess he gets a movie. <laughs> so, Edgar um, Wright is a great choice of Ant-Man because he just has a sense of humor, and he's really, he has a really fun visual eye. Yeah. Who do you get to make a Doctor Strange movie? I would have said Kenneth Branagh. So oh, oh, oh! Kenneth Guillermo del Toro. 
People have recommended that. Yeah. But you know, if it's going to be, you have a character called Doctor Strange, you know it's going to be goddamn uh, Johnny Depp. Regardless of whoever you want to play that character, it's going to be fucking Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp is getting too old for that shit. You know who's going to direct that movie? Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> you, know, you know who's going to play the love interest? Tim Burton. They're just going to, it's going to be that trio. Just, just to spite you, just to mix things up a little bit. You Jesus. know what? It probably would be Tim Burton. Let's be honest. <laughs> Bill actually just got an ice cream heading for that thought. Because it's like, from the guy who brought you Super, or Batman. Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> Someone's trying to make a documentary about the Superman Lives movie that Tim Burton tried to make back in the 90s. Oh, man, with the terrible, like, uh, uh, iridescent Superman suit? Yeah, someone's trying to make a documentary about that 20 years after the fact. All right. Also, did you see the trailer for the Wizard of Oz movie? Or, like, the like yeah, I think it was it. Yeah, the trailer for yeah, Sam Raimi's. Mm-hmm. I like how people are complaining about J.J. Abrams making a goddamn... Star Wars movie. You got Sam Raimi making a prequel to the fucking Wizard of Oz. That's weirder than anything else. An you unlicensed say, prequel. I didn't realize this might be spoilers from the movie. I didn't realize who, who, which, like, what, which, which. This is hard to say. Which witches, the act, different actresses were playing in that movie because there was. Know that. Yeah. Well, I know the actresses, but yeah. I thought Rachel Weisz was playing Wicked Witch of the West. Oh, Bill. I mean, it's in the casting notes. I don't know if it's a spoiler. I never paid attention to it. Yeah, she. Rachel Weisz going to get squished by a house eventually. I'm like, no, no, Rachel Weisz! No, 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 that movie's gonna be shitty. It's gonna be terrible. Because <laughs> it looks like, it really does nope. look like they went to Sam Raimi and said, you know that Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland movie? Let's he made, do that just shit. Do, that, just do you know how much movie that, money that movie made? Yeah. It made a billion dollars. That, I had no idea. That that's what kickstarted off all like the Snow White movies. That's why the big fantasy movie no thing. Yeah, no clue. Uh, it was, it slayed overseas. I was looking at a list of just, for whatever reason, I was looking at a list of movies with budgets. Yeah, because it came out and it was like, oh, some people saw it and that yeah. was it. But like people in Korea love that shit. People in Thailand are like, oh, billion God, dollars. We, we gotta go six days in a row this week. We're gonna see Alice in Wonderland. People in Australia are like, they're dressing up like fucking CGI oh, Mad Hatter. Wait, oh. I just had a great headline this week about movie theaters bracing for the most popular movie of all time, Hansel and Gretel, which I did. The manager of this regal center, like, reinforcing the door. And he's like, guys, we're going to be playing it on all 12 screens all day. We have to race for the hundreds, nay, thousands. Posting security back so no one runs in and steals the print off the projector. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not totally good shape, too. Not even. Which is funny, because uh, it's not going to be a huge bomb. But it's going to be It's going to be a funny movie to pick on. It's a movie that comes out the end of January that doesn't star Jason Statham. Nor is it a horror flick. Of course it's going to bomb. I love the onion. Let's talk about something exciting and fun. The Sixth Gun, a comic book that I talk about incessantly, and you really should read it, guys. You really should. Is being turned into an NBC pilot. Yeah, I don't think there's any words on who's working on the show who's going to be starring in it. Well, Oh, really? Yeah. And, yeah, they haven't done any casting stuff. because My favorite pitch. work of his is what... He's the guy who says, previously, I've lost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the 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 first issue of Walking, or excuse me, of the Six Gun is available for free on Comicsology right now. Also, just highly, on their website, you, like, oh, you have website. to download the awesome. app. Yeah, yeah, highly That's recommend. Where I read it. Take a peek at the Six Gun. I really like. It's it. got really pretty art, and it is like haunted gun weird shit. It's great. They need to get the guys in Briscoe County Junior to do this shit because <laughs> Briscoe County Junior was really successful. <laughs> It's like however many years later we still think about Briscoe County Jr. So there's like a Wild West TV show that has science fiction supernatural elements. It's gonna be it's gonna be a slightly more straight faced Briscoe County Jr. You just have Lord Bowler tell less jokes. That show that that comic does kind of have a Lord Bowler character in it. I think about it. If you had um, Briscoe County Jr. Only there was a lady protagonist too. They pretty much got the six. That's one thing. Like I don't remember there being a strong female character in Briscoe County. I'm sure they would have eventually come up with one, but like the show only lasted six episodes. Yeah, I was gonna say can't do much. It was like 1991. Yeah, man, I remember like back in 1991. Remember the name of the character, Lord Bowler, and Lord Bowler had. We should do a double feature of Briscoe County Jr. and in Young Indiana Jones Adventures one day. We're like, oh yeah, nineteen ninety. Did you hear they just started a Gulf War? <laughs> I think Bush is going to get elected. He was a great vice president, but now I think he's going to be president. Man, have you played that new Super Mario World game? Let's go see you know, Tom. Like, too. Tumblr has not even been a glimmer in her mother's eye. Oh, yet. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh my God. It's Man, so... 1991 was 22 years ago. Oh God. Oh my oh, God. God. Briscoe County Junior is old enough to drink. <laughs> oh no. Bill Lord mentioned Bowler. before the last week of March, first week of April is going to be a clusterfuck. Doctor Who returns Easter weekend. Seriously, we're going to have to record a podcast every three days. Mad Men is coming back April 7th. Game of Thrones comes back March 31st. Bioshock Infinite comes out March 26th. And the next Studio Ghibli film uh, from Up mm-hmm. on Poppy Hill will be released on March 29th. From Up on Poppy Hill, that's the next movie directed by Goro Miyazaki, uh-huh. who is, weirdly enough, the grandfather of Hayao Miyazaki, who got dug up and forever haunts the Studio Ghibli offices? <laughs> Who won't leave anyone alone until he's allowed to direct a film. So this is it. They're just burning this one off. They don't care if anyone sees it. Just He out me is like, he just gotta get to sleep unless he just puts his ghost to rest. This is really dumb. It doesn't matter this giggle, but it's getting me. I just see this angry old Japanese man ghost is haunting like, oh, where's my just movie? Wait. Let me direct the film. Miyazaki's just like five inches of Miyazaki's face. Miyazaki opens his eyes and it just says, I've got some notes. <laughs> well, what is from up on Poppy Hill? I'm... Other than I gave you a title to say very carefully. Because <laughs> from, from up from Raj's. What? No, I thought you were from Upon Poopy Hill. See? It's tricky for like eight different ways. From Upon From Upon Poppy Hill. From Upon Poppy Hill. This week it's like you're going crazy. Hey guys, what are you saying this week? From Upon Poppy Hill. It's like, it's like, it's like in theater, like when you're doing warm ups. From Upon Poppy Hill. Unique New York. From Upon Poppy Hill. From Upon Poppy Hill. Baby Buggy Buppers. From up no, on Poppy Hill. What is from up on Poppy Hill? <laughs> from up on Poppy Hill. <laughs> from up on Poppy Hill. <laughs> 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 
City, something. Oh. It's about some sexies, <laughs> sex, not sexies. Oh my god! No, it's it's directed by Goro Miyazaki, the son of Hayao Miyazaki, uh-huh. not a ghost. Come back. <laughs> not, so, he does not come from the land of wind and ghosts. Is he the guy who did the Earthsea? Yeah, that everyone shit on. That even Miyazaki himself was like, I ain't ever loving this motherfucker. This guy, this guy may be direct related to me, but he ain't touching another fucking movie. So I'm glad they gave him another movie. He must have like strangled like the other son. <laughs> See, this I meant. Strangled the other son, and it's like like his hair is like disguised himself. You love me, Papa, <laughs> don't you? Uh, so yeah, I guess this. Is, uh, well, I think this is actually written by uh, the good Miyazaki. Uh, yeah, it's about yeah. two teenagers falling in love in like 1950s, 60s, Yokohama City, yeah. like a port city. That is it. It's not like there's magic cat Dude, bosses or anything. It's not like you anything. have to, in Miyazaki's movie with the one side. But it's a new studio Ghibli movie directed by the studio's least popular director. <laughs> coming out on March 29th. Well, I think it comes out like in New York and LA a week before for, you know, the, the intellectuals, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Racist term for the Jews. <laughs> That's what they said on the West Wing. Have you ever seen the first episode of the West Wing? Yes. Where Mary Marsh Clearly is all I like, don't remember that. New York intellectuals. And he's like, Oh yeah, he freaks out. Yeah, yeah, Toby's all like, He's talking about Jews. He's talking about us. He's like, No, I don't want to do this. And then President Bartlett comes in. And he says, Sit down. He said, I'm voice of God. And he said, Get your fat asses out of here. <laughs> this is Bill's uh, production of the first episode of the West Wing. You guys should watch it. How do people? How do people from England watch the West Wing and not want to kill themselves? How <laughs> so? It's so America. Like, after all, you were like, man, America, oh, we need to burn you from down. watching yeah. Can you imagine trying to watch a TV show about Parliament where everyone's just walking and talking and just kind of, like, is, talking about their dates? Exist? Isn't it called, like, isn't, isn't that a thing? It's called, it's it's animated called Mouse of Parliament. <laughs> and with that, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know really we can go from there. Really, all this don't We got feedback, from, though. From, oh, we do have feedback. Um, one of y'all, I'm waiting for my device to cooperate. Well, I'll look at the Twitter. Grumpy Turtle said, I don't really buy collector's editions of games due to the fact that most of the extra stuff is cheap garbage. Yeah, but that's not the point. You want pretty treasure. <laughs> so the best one I ever got was either my Zelda Ocarina of Time that came with figures of Link, Zelda, and Ganon. I never heard about that. Or my Adventure Time game for the 3DS. Yeah, which comes in a steelbook case that looks like the Necker Comic Con or, or whatever the hell. Called, yeah. Yeah. But then again, I think those may be the only collector's edition I've gotten over the years. Man, lucky bastard. Hey, Annie, I know you fear World of Warcraft because it will consume your life. Believe me, I know. But as mentioned last week, it'd be fun to have a boy hiding group that can run around even at low levels. That's true. It's all free. It's not like what costs us anything to What do. if your wife set it up for you, only she had the password, and she let you log on a couple hours a week? That may not be a bad idea. We tried to play with people just starting an idea out there. I proposed this to Foley this morning. Foley just looked at me. He's like, what am I, your methadone on? <laughs> it would be our guilt afternoon. There we go. Be, yeah. If, okay, so dear Boy Howdy listeners, if any of y'all are interested in rolling deep with the Boy Howdy podcast, Guild? Is that what it's called? Clan? That 
it's called the guild have you not seen the guild show based on world of crime i don't know this bullshit not that i know any more than you because like i said i with you i have a very slim chance of falling into world of warcraft because i don't care about yeah, that's the thing. Like, that's what people said which, to me when I start playing, and I only played it single player. <laughs> which side are the cows on? I want to be a cow. Are they with the people or with the. What are the cow people called? Oh, yeah. Am I going to have to Google this? Torrin. How do you know this? I didn't know there were cow people. I played the game. Because the one time I played World of Warcraft, I was a cow person. Because I think they're cute. They're adorable. Oh, you know what? Oh, I know there's cow people because that's la- the last thing I ever did in, in World of Warcraft is I took the boat to Africa. Yeah, the Africa equivalent in World of Warcraft, and I got my ass stomped. My little, my little dwarf guy got stomped by bad people. Are they um, the bad faction or are they in the good faction? Oh, they're a bad faction. They're the horde. Yeah. Oh, I want to be a cow person. Supposedly, playing on the horde side of everything is a lot more fun though, because Ever- it's it's like all the character designs are more like funny and. So here's my rule: I will be in a boy howdy guild if we can get one person other than Grumpy Turtle to participate, and I can be a cow. <laughs> Those are my that's my. Well, it's interesting because my character, my established character, who I haven't touched in two years. I stopped my subscription a long time ago. Oh, I'm assuming I can pick him back up again. Is a dwarf named uh, Juki Pumble Rumble Blood? Yes, which is Bill's D and D character. Yeah. But I'm wondering because he's a good guy. Dwarves are good guys in you the game. Think, I wonder if I, I could would, travel with you, or how would so. we have to I fight? Think we'd be like, this would be kind of a fun thing to research. Well, actually. I think yeah. the thing is, is that we wouldn't be able to go. We could maybe quest together, but we couldn't go into any places because they'd be allied with one of the. I don't. I see. I don't know how World of Warcraft works. Grumpy Turtle, tell if people who know <laughs> tell World of Warcraft. Let us know how this might work. And lastly, question time. If you guys could forget any game or movie so you could go back and play or watch it again and books too if you want with fresh eyes, what would it be? I include uh, who runs of show, whole runs of shows and sequels to movies in this question. Let me get this out of the way for you guys first. Mass Effect, Assassin's Creed, and Uncharted. I don't know if I... Uncharted... I don't know if I'd actually name either of those three games with fresh eyes. TV show The Simpsons. The Simpsons, yeah. Although I, I would be delighted with age. how much Simpsons there is. If I could at least leave a note for myself just saying, hey, watch, like, seasons two through seven. <laughs> oh, my then, God, there's some fucking bonker shit. And then hold up the wipe, mind wipe device, too. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yourself. Um, Butch, ha- uh, Butch uh, Cassidy and Sundance Kid. It is my favorite movie in the world. I wish I could see it again for the first time. Uh, also, I don't know what about movies. I'm actually kind of um, curious to see Star Wars without any kind of, like... Because, like, I kind of grew up with Star Wars. I'd be kind of curious to if we're talking about Star Wars and stuff. Uh, that might be kind of curious. Too. That's how I feel about the Princess Bride. Yeah. Because the Princess Bride, I I was talking with a coworker, and she her parents got divorced, and they didn't have a television or a VCR or anything like this, and they didn't go see movies. So she's missed all these movies that I see as seminal movies for anyone born in the eighties. Yeah. Like, and the Princess Bride to me is like on top of that, and she's never seen it, and my wife had never seen it either, and I showed it to my wife, and my wife was not not that impressed by. It. And it's one of those things where it's like, is it that good because it's... I feel it's genuinely good, but is it the years? I think there's also production value stuff. Oh, well, yeah. Like, because it's got, like, a very tinny, stupid synth soundtrack. Yeah. So I could see, like, from a production po- uh, point of view, it's kind of like a cheap-looking But movie. I feel like it's meant to. Like, that's part of the... I mean, it obviously well, was. Well, that's that score, for. though, but, like, even though it's a synth score, but the yeah. sound of it is like... Yeah. You know, it's totally like, it's like that. It's like, very self-aware. Yeah, to me. like even like the cheesy sets and everything, and things well, like that falls through the air. It's black background. The Princess like... Bride is such a gentle movie too. It's yeah. hard to like. It's not like unless you're a kid, I could see that movie not having a hard time making a much of an impact because yeah. it is. Yeah, it's it's. 
Yeah, yeah, it's like Muppet it's, Babies. It's like how so, do you get somebody to enjoy Muppet Babies when you're not being, I don't want to. I mean, that's not true. I don't necessarily. I would not go out of my way to watch Muppet Babies now as an adult, whereas I would. Get but you know what I mean? There's there's certain things that you have to be kind of a kid, and maybe you don't have. Yeah, but it doesn't really necessarily mean those things are bad. But no. like those things can appeal to you, make more of an impact on you immediately because yeah. you 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 you're, 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 you haven't been so jaded and built up a weird shell about the world and stuff. Not even from like like, like that's like why I feel like I can view, never like, watch. I can never appreciate the Dark Crystal. Because yeah. I didn't watch it in a summer party when I was seven. Bad. <laughs> it's not that interesting. It's kind of a pretty movie to look at, but the story isn't that interesting. And some of the puppets in there are actually kind of they're the, hum- the main character puppets. They're are awful. F- it's uh, it, the one of the few things uh, the Henson Company ever did that was smack dab in the uncanny, uh, uncanny okay, valley. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of games. games. I, I, Mass Effect is good because that's a whole series. That's not just a single game. It's um, a version of the same <clears> time. That game made me so happy. Yeah, and it was that was the first that was one of the first games that actually made me feel like effervescently happy. Yeah, because I liked the way they handled the story and everything, and I enjoyed the gameplay mechanics. And like that was the first game I'd ever played with like that kind of jumping around and that kind of freedom of movement. Yeah. I, that that game means a lot to me. And you can leave a note for yourself saying, "If you like this game, <laughs> skip the next one, play the third, and you'll be happy." <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of something that I wouldn't want to play just to see what it'd be like with fresh eyes, like Super Mario Brothers. That'd be interesting to see, just to see what it's like playing. But you know, of course, you'd have to be living in a world where Super Mario Brothers did not exist in the first place, or where you just didn't play it. Yeah. Um, oh God. Uh, I'm sorry, Dylan just sent me a message uh, on thing. No, uh, this is this makes for fascinating radio. Um, We're almost done. Uh, what? Do we'll, we'll, we'll table that one for Bill. So let me. Painfully slowly queue up. No, yeah, computer. what do you think about game? Well, think about it. And you can I'm think just about typing it. the word recording at Dylan. <laughs> I, okay, uh, recording. Be- no, I'm trying to think of a game. Uh, no, this is not. I'm, I'm I'll think about what you talk That yeah. is what I was saying. I'll give you time to think about it, and you, I'll come back to you, and you can answer my question after putting a little thought behind it. So now we'll go into our, um, our Twitter feedback, dear friends. I have Twitter feedback. Uh, yeah, Hannah Groff, uh, also known as Paladrama Girl. Uh, she said she's interested in hearing our thoughts on THQ, uh, and she specifically says, poor vigil, frowny face. Yeah, that sucks balls. Listener Ben A says, the only thing I really like from special editions or collector's editions is the making of documents. Which you don't see that often in special editions these days. Not it's mostly anymore. just like little, it's, it's a produced, it's feelies, but it's not like... Yeah. The Bungie, like, Bungie was good with the Halo games with having, uh, making up documentaries on those discs. Well, they were always really good with making, like, uh, documentaries about those games that just even went out to YouTube and stuff, too. Yeah, I think that, um, I never liked the making of things because they always felt too much, like, weird marketing commercials. That, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, a lot of them aren't really making of as much as it's more just kind of, like, pimping out. And it's like, out. why market to me something I've already bought? But if, if you, you just happen to have a documentary that is actually informative about how the game yeah. was made, but that is a rare thing even then. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Because, like, of... Naughty Dog was always pretty good about putting those making of things in their games, but it was always just part of their game. Yeah. Like, as you progressed, you would unlock things. Like, here's a fit, yeah, yeah. But I think of, like, the collector's edition of Mass Effect 1. Did it have a making of? Yeah, and so did Bioshock 1. And they were really, I don't they were, remember they were either infomercials of those. for the yeah. games. I'm like, I bought, I gave you my money, yeah. friends. Come on, guys. I just wanted to see how this game was put together. But not to like... be fair, those crew, those people who are filming those, they're brought in six months before the game is shipping. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Like, but it'd be nice to see, like, hey, if, if you got somebody like Player One. Yeah. 
productions to actually come in and do like a making of. So essentially, we bought the collector's version of the Double Fine Adventure game. Yeah, and that's. I like how I'm sitting there like I don't. I'm not going to watch the Player One production. Well, you're stuff. saying you watch it when it's out. Yeah, exactly. Or at least it. when it's closer to the like when that game's going to be released, and I get, like that'll help me get pumped for the game and like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm in that mood. But yeah, penis. And with that, this was the Boy Howdy Podcast. Take them out. Yes! So, as always, boyhowdypodcast.com, at boyhowdypodcast on the Twitters. Email us. You can use our contact form on our webpage, howdy at boyhowdypodcast.com. Theoretically gets to us, though I haven't gotten any email from it ever. No. So, who knows? Anyway. Sorry for never getting back in touch with you. Technology is a beautiful thing. Uh, we'll be back next week on, we're going to record on Thursday, so maybe next episode will be up on Friday. Well, hopefully, if nothing goes wrong, so. if nothing gets set on fire. So yeah, we'll, we'll see you then. Okay. Take care, guys. Bye.